listen, Chris, enough of this corny shit. For the past few months, I've been struggling with this uh, seeing the cup half full type of mindset. But sometimes you just gotta see things for what they are and call a spade a spade. And at the end of the day, Chris Jericho only cares about one person. That's Chris Jericho. Am I wrong? Because I came out here, we came out here, man to man and face to face to tell you that the days of us playing second fiddle are over and done with. Big news. Don't raise that mic because I ain't finished, Chris. Because at the end of the day, it was always you that stood in our way. It was always you that made sure that we didn't have a bigger spotlight than you did. But it was always them that kept us going. And I tell you what, Chris, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell all of you, you better look at this man in his face and you better thank him with everything you've got. You wanna know why, Chris? Cause if it wasn't for him, I would have dropped your ass a long time ago. Now you may speak. The Top of Wrestling with your host, OGM, the Professor. Good shit. Late to every episode. Late so much, I'm going to have to buy you a pregnancy test. Bob Rude. <laughs> be a podcaster. Yay! His name is Kenta. I'm going to call him Kenta. Dynamite drop in, Monty. That broadcasting school is really paying off for you. <laughs> You're so high you don't even know it. Oh, I'm a boy. You ready for a scotch ad? We don't know anything <laughs> about him. The only thing he's got in his wallet is a bunch of names of whorehouses. <laughs> That's flair! <laughs> Probably look like Jim Duggan shaking the tape out of his crotch. Benoit, enjoy my wife. <laughs> That's a bold statement, Cotton. Oh my god, mine just stopped recording. No, we're good. We're still recording. What a dick. <laughs> I'd cease and desist me. I'd cease and desist me hard. I need a minute to recover off that. What kind of game is it? War games. Let a war. War games. You are impressions. I have, yeah, I know. That's the only thing I've said in the last half hour. Bark, Bark like a dog. dog. <laughs> oh, 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 jinx. Holy shit. How did that actually happen? Here we Good wrestling day. Could have restarted. I just went with the cough. I'm getting old. Welcome back. It's Wednesday, and you know what that means. Top of wrestling is here and ready to go. We have a lot to talk about today. And I'm not even going to, you know, give away any of our, what we're going to talk about. I just got to bring him in nice and early because I can't wait to talk with him. Ladies and gentlemen, co-host of the show, he is ODM. Yeah, we're going to try something a little different today. No, you know, uh, screwball intros, no movie quotes, nothing cute and humorous. These may be recurring segments. I don't know. (coughs) Excuse me. We're going to just call this word of the day slash grinds my gears. Okay. For the word of the day, it's defensive, meaning, one, 
used or intended to defend or protect, or two, very anxious to challenge or avoid criticism. It's that second definition, the reason why I picked that word. We'll get more into that into the news. Um, but, yeah. yeah, the person uh, who this is in reference to, I don't even know if they listen. I don't know how they know our show, how they commented on our Facebook post. But if they are listening, well, they may not appreciate uh, something weird like that. I don't remember. Now, I, I did do a little bit of Facebook stalking. And while he may disagree or uh, not appreciate that previous statement, I'm sure he's going to agree with the Grind My Gear segment, just based on what I saw on his timeline. And uh, that's why are so many crusty old white dudes pissed off about the halftime show. I'm tired of seeing... First of all, I'm just amazed at how much I'm seeing people say that Kendrick Lamar should not have been on there. He was the best part of the show, in my opinion. Uh, I'm, I'm a mark for Kendrick Lamar. He's the only one I could hear word for word. Yeah, he, he did. He, his segment was was the best, and it's my favorite Kendrick song. So that didn't you know that didn't hurt it either. But I am so. I just gotta and, say though, man, him standing up next to Snoop and Dre and Eminem, he kind of looked like Gary Coleman. <laughs> <laughs> he's kind of a he, small guy. <laughs> he, he is on the shorter side, but still, he's spitting bars, man. I'm just so tired of seeing all these people. Oh, it's the worst halftime show ever. Listen, you cannot like rap. You cannot like hip hop. I'm fine with that, man. Teach their own. That's cool. But when you're just going to like turn around and be like, oh, this is the worst ever. Bring back the rock and roll. Go fuck yourself. You've had rock and roll for the last 30 years. This is the first time we've seen something. Every one of them has been a rock of some form. Exactly. We. This is the first time we've gotten a show like this. I think it was awesome. Still not as good as Prince, but it was great. I think Kendrick killed it. I loved it. Uh, so all you fucking just idiots or just people who just want to troll or whatever the fuck your problem is get over it nobody cares you didn't like it and it wasn't the worst troll that's that's a, that's a good word we're gonna get into that later <laughs> um and, and i i do gotta say this we've got the rock out of the way we got women singers we got bands we got male singers come on man we've done it all bring weird al give us weird al next year <laughs> the year that the bills Christ. go to the super bowl give us weird al all right, man, here's what's on the dock for today. we got a lot of stuff. Being that it is Wednesday, you know that we have certain things that we always have. We have our news. We have our bring it to the table. And we, of course, keep riding in the DeLorean. We figured out last week you have to actually go to 88 miles an hour, apparently. Um, but this week, in our Monday Night Wars, it's 97. We got the Final Four pay-per-view one hell of a wacky raw to follow up with it, <laughs> and a nitro that contained a felony. <laughs> yep, a pretty bad yep. one. <laughs> Look at man, great camera work, but awesome. I mm -hmm. it's just one of my favorite segments. I remember watching it, and as a kid, you know, someone said, "Oh, but we're gonna get to the news in a minute." But I marked out. That is definitely the word we could use. Is I marked out for that as a kid. Uh, but this week we also have. Our top topic. And our top topic, we are going to be talking with my man, Josh Tutson from the Best of the West. He is going to be talking with us today on the, what is the back end of wrestling? We get to see all the, the great stuff live in front of us. This week we'll be talking about some of the production side of things, how it's done, but also talking a little bit about the Best of the West. And you know how much we all love Funny Bone on this show, so we'll be talking a little bit about him. But... Before we dive in, the biggest thing we got to talk about, if you are listening to this 
you're probably hearing these voices right now on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Amazon Music, Pandora, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, AM Music, whatever you want to listen to. But as you're doing that, keep subscribing, liking, and sharing because the more you share, the more you're entered for the 100th episode giveaway. And this past weekend, I made it nice and simple. Share this post. Here's a picture. Says giveaway. Share it. Multiple shares this past weekend, and everybody's names were officially put into the drawings. And uh, again, the more you share, the more opportunities you get. It's not like, you know, Eminem said. It's not just one shot, one opportunity. You have a lot that you can seize. Everything you ever wanted in one top of wrestling t-shirt. No t-shirt. Are you going to capture it or just... Whatever. Anyway, is that uh, <laughs> boo? <laughs> I'll be for effort on that one. <laughs> boo yourself. Uh, <laughs> at least, yeah. I feel like you. I earned some respect if I could boo myself. It's like I caught it. <laughs> um, look at you know as we like to do you know our weekly update with our fantasy draft league that's going on. Hey, much like WWE, it's as good as it gets. No one's gonna catch ODM. They they all they see is your ass. It's fun. Um, I'm in third. I'm going to be second soon, but they can't touch us. T.O.W. runs this shit. It's, it's, I, All right, I man. Think, let's I talk some news. Yeah, I think we've exhausted them for oh, sure. Oh, what was that? I think we've exhausted them for sure. It's been pretty quiet. Uh, yeah. There's been a lot of radio silence lately, so... Yeah, I uh, yeah, a lot of news today. It. Lots of good stuff to go over. Uh, the first one, uh, which is what prompted Wait, my... Let me let me take this news. Yeah, Hang absolutely. on, not all of it. Just this first part. Because I feel like I was the shit starter Sunday night <laughs> post-football wow. game. I remembered watching the all the commercials. I was more interested in the commercials than the game, to be honest with you. My team wasn't in. People are like, yeah, but it's the game of the year. Everybody watches. Yeah, but you know, when the Mets are out, I don't watch the World Series. It, yeah. If the Bulls aren't in, I am definitely not watching the NBA Finals. I'm sorry. I just There's no point in me rooting for another team. Last night, I got commercials. I got a, a great trip down memory lane when it comes to my music, so that was great. But there was rumors that maybe AEW, maybe WWE, someone's going to do an ad during the Super Bowl. And while I'm not 100% sure, I, I got to say it was probably Peacock for sure because Vince was quoted saying he'll never spend that money again. We all remember the one that they did the with the attitude, get the F out, get it, and, you know, Someone's being thrown out of the building, all that fun stuff. It was it was humorous. During the Super Bowl, there is an ad that talks all about WrestleMania. And it's an exhilarating night. It's electrifying. It's this. It's that. It's dynamite. And it was one of the last words used. The word dynamite was flashed at the exact same time that you show your tribal chief, Roman Reigns. So when I said... I am a shit starter. Well, I screenshotted it and put it up on our page and being like, WWE can say that they're not concerned with AEW, but you use the word dynamite. You can't say that no one pre-looked at that video package if you were in WWE and said that that word dynamite would fit. Come on. That's like that's like dynam- or AEW going, this is going to be one raw night. Pretty obvious. It, Pretty obvious. So... I don't know, man. To me, it was Peacock doing it, but I think they did it in mm-hmm. a purposeful kind of thing. But yeah. when I say that there's a shit sto- uh, shit talking thing, everybody was like, "Oh, here's some some guys that uh, they'll look for any little thing. They're scratching the surface just to find anything that 
would make AEW relevant to WWE. And this is where the granny comes in. I think his name was Ganny, but we're going to call him the granny. The granny guy comes in. And uh, what was your conversation with the granny like? Oh, he said something about, uh, no, you know what? He used all caps. He goes, AEW oh, does yeah, not. Oh, yeah, he was screaming oh, at you. AEW does not own the word dynamite. Some guys just don't understand or something like that. And so, so I, listen, I was a few beers in, had a couple chicken nuggets. Uh, I was hanging out with the boys, just happened to pick up my phone. and Beer I see was that. flowing like wine. Yeah. Uh, they uh, instinctively gathered like the salmon of Capistrano. Uh, but... So, so I'm like, you know what? I, you know what? Fuck this guy. So I just replied, Mark's going to mark. <laughs> That's all. I, and then he goes, oh, nice. Learn a new word or something like that. So I said, you know what? I'll tell you what. We'll start going uh, with a word of the day segment on the show. And I did a rolling eye emoji. And he replies with thanks and a heart emoji. I'm like, okay. All right. So... Yeah, some listen. Like we're being sarcastic, you asshole. And he's like, "Oh, great, thank you." A vocabulary section. He ain't lying. (laughs) You are a mark, dude. If if your comment on that is, "Oh, they don't own that word," oh, the WWE's the best. Uh, Yeah, I'm being a dick because I stand by my statement. Mark's gonna mark. You're obviously a WWE homer. Fine, that's what you like. More power to you. But you obviously uh, don't have the greatest taste. That's it's saying. funny you say that because so I had a a little thing with someone else and they they wrote yeah of course you guys think NBC edited WWE's commercial to to put the word in dynamite no jackass go back and read I said it was either WWE or Peacock I didn't say NBC <laughs> yeah. edited every commercial coming in. And then a guy writes, and by the way, this one that was shared, this was shared in an AEW wrestling forum. And this guy writes, oh, geez, another another butthurt AEW fan. Okay, first, what group is this again? And I said, so you're either a horrible troll or just another comment (laughs) falling short of a good try. Maybe I was, I, you know what? Absolutely. My beer was flowing like wine. The chicken nuggets were, I had a plate full. So I think we were both in the same mood last night with that. And I was just having fun with it. I'm like, look it. I was just making mention that we should talk about this because it is kind of funny and coincidental. I didn't mean to shit start and be like, oh my God, WWE's way better than AEW. They're like the minor leagues, man. Dunk the clowns the best. All right, let's talk about the rest of the news before I really get myself fucking upset here today. (laughs) (laughs) Side note, did you see, uh, you know, it is Valentine's Day is the day of recording. Did you see the picture I sent to uh, you and Nightwing? Uh, Maybe about 15, 20 minutes before. Oh, I did. (laughs) (laughs) For those of you, uh, obviously for those of you listening, you can't see it. um, But it's basically, it's a Valentine's Day card. It's a picture of Veer Mahan. And it says, thanks to you, I've been coming for weeks. I love that one. I uh, one of my favorite ones. Um, there's two, and I and I. It's kind of I don't know. They're kind of tasteless, but I guess I'll repeat them because that's what I am. Anyway, um, I'll I'll repeat the one. It's just a picture of Chris Benoit and said, "Will you be my Valentine?" I don't know why. I just think that'd be kind of a funny fucking Valentine's Day card to give to people. Um. 
Yeah, when I'm not going to buy it's too tasteless even. <laughs> but there's some good if ones it, out there. <laughs> if it's too tasteless for you, and we're, uh, you know it's a bad one. <laughs> yeah, when you know that I just pumped the brakes, you know that <laughs> I just made one hell of a choice for our show to stay on the air. Yeah, <laughs> we won't even have to worry about taking our shit down. We're gonna get taken down. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We'll start with the biggest piece of news, and I'm surprised we actually got this in on a Monday. Hint, hint. Um, yeah, it's come out <laughs> that uh, <laughs> it's come out that uh, Cody and uh, Brandy Rhodes are no longer with AEW. So let's just start by reading the statements. Uh, we'll start with. Cody Rhodes statement. Uh, I have loved my time at AEW. Amazing locker room, amazing fans, amazing people. The revolution was indeed televised, and I've been incredibly lucky to be part of that. First, I want to thank Tony Khan. He's taken the baton and run with it, and it was an honor to work for him and to know him on a personal level. He's a beautiful soul. Obviously, need to thank my incredible wife and the mother of my baby girl, Brandy. Uh, my baby girl, Brandy. Uh, for all of her love and support throughout this journey together and the amazing relationship she fostered with Culture City and the American Heart Association. I also need to thank Nick and Matt Jackson. These two, whether they know it or not, took an undesired and not confident little cub and gifted me the confidence to become a leader of the pack. Kenneth Omega, Chris Jericho, Chicken, we started the fire. I must thank Tim W., Keith M., Greg W., and the amazing production crew who understood and captured the vision with such grace. I can't name everybody, but thank you to Mega, Margaret, Harrington, Jeff Jones, Dana, Tony, Shivani, Byrne, Raph, and the hardest worker in the game, QT Marshall, for propping me up and kicking me in the ass when I was running on fumes. I must thank all my kiddos, MJF, Jade, Sammy, Darby, Lee, Ricky, Tom, The Guns, Brock, Velvet, Nyla, Aubrey, Turner, Vanilla, Solo Spears, Julia, Anna, Will, Wardlow, Sonny, Fuego One, and of course, Negative One. While we're at it, give Jade the Cody Vader. Nobody cares. Also, need to take a moment to thank the great partners at Warner Media, including Brett, Sam, and the rest of the team. I have so many milestones and beautiful memories of this renaissance. Through sweat, blood, tears, literal fire, and all that, I left it all on the mat. Everything pales in comparison to the final contribution I was empowered to lead at the company, the community outreach team. Uh, in the most inward moments, you, your outward behavior and your ability to take fame slash influence and do something of value for all the communities you visit, whether the cameras are on or off, is the highest honor. That's bullshit. I am confident Amanda Huber will lead the department with style. I'm so proud of my creations and contributions. The items I supported are collaborated on with such wonderful professionals. Thank you, fans. Y'all did the work. Let's live forever. Um, Khan put out a statement, but real quick, uh, he mentions Amanda Huber taking over the department. I haven't listened, but the last AEW, uh, Dynamite or AEW Unrestricted podcast was with Cody and Amanda Huber. So if they talked about this, I wonder if they dropped any hints about Cody leaving. So, uh, we'll have to take a listen. Well, to I that. know that she's already been working with the company for a little bit now anyway. That's true, but I'm just curious. It's one of those things I kind of want to listen and just listen to the subtleties. Uh, I have a question. Yeah, something... uh, before you get on to, before you get Tony and Brandy's statements, um, uh -huh. did he mention Matt and Nick, or or is it? Did I miss it? Yeah, he did. Okay, all right. I feel like everybody you named. I felt like he never <laughs> said the Bucks. Uh, I think maybe were the it was right ones, before yeah. before Kenny. Then. Yep. Okay. Um, okay. I'm reserving statement. Okay. Right. Okay. 
I don't have anything from Brandy, but uh, we'll do Tony's. Uh, Cody and Brandy Rhodes were integral to the launch of All Elite Wrestling. Cody's ability combined with his boldness and his passion for our industry and his love for community outreach helped AEW deliver on our mission to give fans what they needed for far too long, something new, innovative, and lasting. Brandy helped us shape the AEW story, and I appreciate how hard she fought for us both in the ring and out of the ring, competing in the women's division while advancing our efforts at inclusion and civic causes, including great partnerships with Culture City and the American Heart Association. I have immense respect and appreciation for Cody and Brandy, and I wish them both the best as they move on from AEW. Thank you, Cody and Brandy. Tony Khan. You want to flip a coin? Who goes first? <laughs> You go first. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> oh, man, I've been waiting to talk about this. So, Ray ain't coming home. Let me just get that out of the way right now. Uh, everybody's like, well, WWE is already in talks with Cody Rose. They're saying that his camp are in talks. Um, some random nobody put out a tweet. He goes, I have it on good authority. Who the fuck are you? I've never even seen you before. Um. Was it Rihanna? Yeah. Work, 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 work. This is all just a work, 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 work. And you know what? Marks are going to mark, as you say. Um, Dude, he's not going back to WWE. What is he going to do? Dude, everybody knows. He knows what happened with Stardust. He's been watching everything that's been going on, all the releases. Everybody's gone, and they're bringing people over to that company. Yeah, perfect time to leave. Now that you have everybody there, you're now just going to leave. Um, this is, it's a work in every which way possible. Both Brandy and him were on TV as of just two weeks ago. Her with her another brilliant open mic segment with Dan Lambert. They're just going to drop that to the wayside like it never happened. I wish they would. No. Uh, okay, yeah, I'm sorry. Yes, please do, but don't. Um, And... I'm sorry, if Cody was going to go out, this is not how he's going to go out. Does everybody not remember him dropping his boot in the ring and then Malachi jumping him? He was going to tease his retirement, and then he stayed around to beat Malachi Black, and then he stayed around to become another TNT champion again by beating Sammy on Christmas Day, and then they had their... Then he then he put himself on fire, then he had another match. I mean, this is not... You don't just randomly go out for no reason. It's a work. Now, I will give you the one second. Sorry, I'm going to go on this long rant because I don't want to interrupt you. I'm just saying all that now. Heads up. Because um, I have a tendency to interrupt you, but I want to make sure that I get all my shit out now. Uh, Nightwing had texted, well, he, he may be going over to NWA. Just to fuck with the internet wrestling community. That's it. You're just going to go over there just to mess with people. Maybe you'll do something. You'll show up after the the match that we'll be talking about, the... Uh, Matt Cardona and Nick Aldis match. We'll get to that. Maybe he shows up there at that. Uh, I'm not buying it, man. He's not going anywhere. This is just a work, and I'm saying this right now. In three weeks, that motherfucker's going to be the surprise engine at the Revolution ladder match when I'm there, oh, and I'm going to be so upset. <laughs> I'm going to get that booth, this man, uh, signed up and ready to go for that moment. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's going to be a real revolution. You thought Tessa Blanchard facing Sammy Callahan was huge. The surprise entrant for the men's revolution ladder match, which, you know, 
what will soon to be dubbed the Hoss Ladder match, Brandy shows up and says, Who the hell told you guys this is an open mic night? And she grabs that fucking circle uh, floater ring. device that you would get on a... Yeah. Oh, my God. That's what's happening. Brandy's going to win Re- Revolution <laughs> Ladder match. They're not going anywhere, man. They're not going anywhere. And, and I'm going to say this in a very serious way. For everything that happened with... I have to tug on this. If you're going to tug at the Amanda Huber and negative one side, I'm going to tug at that side as well. You said that AEW is a family. This is your place. This is your home. And for everything that went down with Brody and and how hard everything got cemented there and the things that happened recently with Moxley and just everything, you're not going anywhere. Don't tell me that everything that happened over the last three years, which is probably most likely the best three years of your entire career. Let's go back. What did you do before that? You had Legacy Cody Rose. You had Dashing Cody Rose. You had Paper Bag Cody Rose. You had Porn Mustache Cody Rose with Road Road Scholars. Oh, 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 let's not forget Stardust. Yeah. Oh, my God. Why wouldn't you want to go back to WWE? The fucking the future is so bright. And I'm going to end it the same way I began. Ray ain't coming home. All right. <laughs> what do you got? Well, I'm, I'm laughing because because I you know I was on Twitter to pull up those things and I saw a meme. Uh, it says what Cody thinks will happen next month, and it's him holding uh, the Universal Title. And then right below it says what will happen next month, and it's him holding the 24/7 Championship with Vince laughing. <laughs> he ain't lying. <laughs> He's gonna be running after it just like Jeff Hardy was. That's fucking great. Oh my god, it's not um, happening. Y- do you yeah, really, so, in your heart of hearts, think he's going to go to WWE right off the bat? Do I, I think he's going to go? No, because uh, what I what I think is he is egotistical and self-centered enough that he would say, if you're not going to pay me enough, then I will go to WWE to get the money that I want because I think I can get it. I do think he is that egotistical. Okay. But I think Tony would um, pay him in every which way possible. You think... Mm, yeah, see, it, it seems like it's starting to get to the... See, all right, so ultimately, I'm less concerned about that. What, I, what I'm starting to look at is, to me, this is, this is possibly the new kayfabe, right? Kayfabe died a long time ago, even before social media and, you know, you know uh, just people having the inside track, you know? Uh, CM Punk debuting, you know, the way he did you know, 20 years ago would be completely different than how it happened because everybody knew, everybody knew it was going to happen, you know? Um, so ultimately I think that this, you're right. This might just be the new version of kayfabe where it's, so you're it, saying that this is where you got to work the entire world. Yeah. You're basically because kayfabe okay. is so dead. You have to. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. If I actually he, like this version. I, I, how you're saying it is now you got to make a new kayfabe. If that's what the case is, maybe he doesn't it come could back be. in three weeks. Right. But maybe that's, it's a year. They just want to have fun with their family and that's fine. But I'm saying well, it does got a, kayfabe it a, a bit in a way. Yeah. He's got a baby. He's doing all these television shows. You know, he likes being in the limelight. He can still do all his pet projects, uh, and he won't have to worry about wrestling. But ultimately, yeah, I, I don't see. Yeah, and the thing is, the the reports that I've seen of uh, Cody going to WWE, 
has basically just been, I mean, Ariel Hawani from, uh, oh God, what, what company is he with? Um, I think he's an MMA, uh, no, he's uh, with, uh, Ble- no, is it Bleacher Report? BT Sport. He's with BT Sport. We've, uh, we've quoted him in a couple, uh, uh, news items in the past. Uh, but he's one of the ones that's reporting that it's uh, Cody has been in discussions with WWE. So um, I really don't know, man. I mean, I certainly get what you're saying, that Mark's going to mark and he ain't coming home and all that shit. I mean, yeah, because it's real easy to say that. Cause I didn't one, say he what? ain't coming home. I said Ray ain't coming okay, home. Okay, <laughs> whatever. Um, Lace is out. <laughs> he... <laughs> He um he may not get you know he may think he's gonna get a, a big payday from WWE but WWE may just laugh in his face there's it's too easy to just pick a side and be like yeah this is definitely happening or holy crap no way this is happening it's just a work I honestly have no fucking clue if it means we don't have to deal with Cody or Brandy for at least a couple of months I'm fine with that um I, I'm not huge fans if he goes to WWE I don't watch that bullshit anyway so I don't have to worry about seeing him or Brandy um. Yeah, it, it, it's it, it to me it, it does definitely seem like something that Cody would do, and even Tony. I mean, let's let's not kid ourselves. We throw this word out, we throw this word around a lot. He's a Mark. He's a Mark Booker, and it shows in some of his you know the shit sure. that he books on the show. So I wouldn't put it past him to be like, bro, bro. What if we just reform kayfabe and we just tell the world that you're gonna leave and you're gonna sign with WWE, and then you don't? Did you just make him Enzo Amori? Enzo, bro, bro, bro have, you, have you seen the recent pictures of Enzo? Steroids are Yeah, it looks like Enzo ate Enzo. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, hang on. So, first, some of the funniest memes and, and pictures out there right now, they're like, well, this whole Kevin Owens and Steve Austin thing. Steve can't fight. What if Cody shows up to Mania? Oh, my God. Uh, the other thing I saw, and this was great, Cody and Brandy versus Triple H and Stephanie at WrestleMania. I was like, oh my okay, God. where are we really going with this? Look at, if this was, it's, I, I think it's the new way of kayfabe. As we're talking through this, I think that's what it is. But I got to say that I think the, um, there could only be one other possible pop- opportunity is, WWE is dwindling away to absolutely nothing nowadays, right? I mean, there's really not. I mean, I know that they're still doing great financially, but what they're doing and no one's really a fan of, yada, yada, yada. This could be that new, I don't want to use a forbidden door word, but almost like what if they just merge as one one day and they're trying to test some things out? I don't know. That's just a random idea. Uh, but let me ask you this question. Have I ever expressed to you that I'm actually a Cody Rose fan? No, <laughs> Pro- nah, I didn't think so. So, you know, what sucks is that it's just that. And it sucks because it's kind of like liking Nickelback. Everyone shits <laughs> on them all the time and you don't want to be like, oh, but what about that? You remind. Never mind. I won't talk about that song. Um, You know, and it's it's like Cody. Everybody's like, oh, my God, he's such an asshole. I'm like, but Dustin first coat. Oh, no, never mind. And, you know, like I have oh, all yeah. these things I yeah. like about him and. To be honest with you, I was a fan of what he did when he left WWE. He, he had a list of people, and he went all across, mm-hmm. really, the world. He went to the U.K., he went to Japan, he went to Ring of Honor. I think he did mm-hmm. Impact at one point as well. I mean, he went everywhere and then made his new 
throne is new and not to be pun intended with him, you know, beating the throne of Triple H's. But I'm not saying that was a burn of a bridge either, but I think that his new everything he's doing here. I've been a very big fan of his. I have no issue with him. I like his wrestling. I like his style. Do you know who he is to AEW? He is the John Cena of AEW. And you know what John Cena did? He let everything get to a really good spot and said, cool, I'm going to walk away and go do some movies right now. This is exactly what Cody's doing. Everything's in a really good spot. You got Danielson, Cole, Punk. I mean, Jesus, I don't even have to name everybody. The amount that you have there has us watching enough TV, and we keep saying, everybody keeps saying, take Cody off, take Cody off, take Cody off. He just kayfabely did it by letting his contract go. Whatever you want to say, he's still getting a check in the mail. I don't care what anybody says. He's still going to be under pay because they're going to keep him uh, on a retainer, whatever you want to say. He's not going anywhere, dude. Yeah, well, it's funny because, uh, you know, Meltzer's even reporting on this, and you know Meltzer's tight with those guys, so he definitely could be in on the whole thing and just reporting the news. Uh, I think that would be pretty shitty from his standpoint because that's not what his role is supposed to be in the IWC, but that's a whole different story altogether. How cool would it be if next time? Well, you say that, but then he also has multiple things that he – tries to report he's reported things in the past he's like guys i want to clarify certain things i want to report this and that and it's like no dude that's not what your job is write the matches and and get out what you think you know but don't you know hearsay bullshit and when you're especially wrong and his and that's the problem with dave Meltzer is 50 to 75 percent of the time he's actually been wrong i never trust anything that he says anymore so fair enough Anything that he may even say, I I don't even... No one's letting him in on anything. I think the Bucks probably just fuck with him at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Right? How funny would it be that Triple H shows up on Dynamite and goes, well, now that that piece of shit's gone... Oh my God! Would never happen. But could you imagine? Oh my God! Jesus! Yeah, totally not going to happen. You just blew but... my mind. I don't even know what to say. And I'm imagining like him and Stephanie showing up and she's like, I said it was open mic night, bitch. That's <laughs> Dear awesome. God, it won't happen, but that's kind of a very funny thing. Um, oh, absolutely. Look, I-, I think that Cody needs Tony. Tony needs Cody. I- Cody or Tony's doing a great job playing 2K or playing with all of his action figures in one giant ring. But I think Cody is an integral part of everything that has been this company. I just don't see him walking away from it and doing anything else. I think he wants to see it through. I think he'll be back in a year. I don't think he'll actually be back at Revolution. I don't. (laughs) Dear shit. If he shows up at Revolution, I. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's when I. I left my RV for this. That's a perfect time for this sign. <laughs> Listen, man, I, I think that I think what you said about uh, him being like the John Cena of AEW, I think that makes the most sense where you can kind of just work yeah. everybody and be like, you know what? We just didn't come to a new contract. So, you know, we're on our way. And he just lays low and he does his own thing. And when it's time for him, when there's a spot for him to come back, he comes back. I think that's probably the most likely scenario right there. If I'm not mistaken, he wasn't even at All Out, was he? Probably forgot. Nope, that's and he wasn't at Full Gear either. 
No, man. Like he wasn't on either one of those pay per views. He's already been taking a step back. Yeah, we've seen him on TV and stuff as your TNT champion, but the, yeah, how the much TNT of a step back title very rarely he's, gets... He's making the most of his appearances because he's setting himself on fire and winning the TNT championship again. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's one of those things that, yeah, he just might be getting booked out, and that, that could be one of the legitimate reasons why he doesn't want to be there anymore because he's such a fucking egomaniac that he wants to go. Take out the WWE part. He just might be like, you know what? Fuck you guys. I'm out of here. Because he wants to be the star of the show when he's not. I can see that. I can certainly see that. But I'm just laughing at like the weirdest thing that could be like, like you said, well, now that piece of shit's gone. But then all of a sudden on NXT and Pink 2.0 next Wednesday, all of a sudden wrestling has more than one family. (laughs) Brandy, Brady Rhodes wins the NXT Women's Championship first night. My God, please don't give me <laughs> nightmares. Oh, man. All right, what else you got for news? Uh, Samoa Joe set for uh, the inaugural Ring of Honor Hall of Fame class, which is awesome. Another one you've been mentioning uh, as a potential. It makes sense. Um, yeah, hopefully, and they'll use this as a transition for him to come over to AEW. We'll see. Uh, there's apparently a lot of interest in the locker room to get him there. So, uh, you know. There's that. And then you also have, right now, it's Danielson and the Briscoes. Mm-hmm. You want to round out this class to a strong, very suitable first-ever class? I would say you have it as Briscoes, Danielson, Joe. I could give or take with Punk, believe it or not. He was one of the main guys Pun- there. Yeah, um, I thought Punk was already on there. But I would actually... No, Punk hasn't been named yet. Oh, okay. Um, no. But the other one would be Nigel. I think Nigel McGuinness would be the one more person I would give uh, that to. If not, you could always look at Delirious, too, because, I mean, he was one of the very first wrestlers for Ring of Honor for many years and then was Booker ever since. So he would almost make sense, too. Or even the referee, to be honest with you, because he's, I mean, he ref pretty much like every match, that big dude. So it's kind of like you might as well. Delirious Uh, is a good one. But I like this. It's a good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think it'll be a – I just like that it's a good, strong first class. It's not like your WWE's class where it's like, here's Kamala, Coco Beware, Mr. Perfect. You, you have, like, one really good one, and then some <laughs> ones where you're like, why? This guy's yeah. still lucid and can talk. We'll have him join the Hall of Fame. This guy <laughs> tore his ACL last year. We're going to put him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Okay. It's nonsense. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, this one, this one, I you know, really bothers me. Uh, Hikaru Shida is claiming there's a lack of push in Japanese women's wrestling on AEW television. Um, I think this one's really harmful, uh, and, and and I know that sounds like a reach or an overstatement. I, you know, I I don't think it's harmful, but it is in the sense that you're, and especially in today's you know cancel culture, all that fun stuff. You know, it's easy easy for people to get riled up about bullshit shit. Look at the, your post from last night. Um, I don't remember AEW ever coming out and saying it was going to be heavy on Japanese women. Uh, I know that Kenny Omega might have said that to a lot of people, but like, well, like I didn't know that that was like a, like a benchmark that you had to hit. Like, I didn't know where that expectation of, and She's a nobody in comparison to a lot of the women that they have on the roster, and she got pushed. 
I didn't realize there's Emi Sakura. I don't want her because I think she hasn't shown herself to be a good wrestler and the gimmick's dumb. Riho should have never been in the picture. Certainly not the first woman's champion. Um, so, I mean, okay, this isn't like, I don't see that it has anything to do with AEW lacking and pushing Japanese women's talent. You don't have Japanese women's talent. You have Japanese women. Yeah. I, That's what you have. You don't have, yeah. you don't have talented Japanese women. You have Japanese women. Um, you got pushed for two years. Japanese women were yeah. pushed on AEW television for two years with Shida, Riho, everybody you just named. You cannot get mad that they gave you the experiment, you got it, and now, okay, what is it? Because it's, and I, I'm not trying to go the fucking worst route possible, but is it because you have white women on TV right now? It's white women versus white women for your championship? Because... A year or two ago, it was Nyla and Riho, or you know, it's 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 just where we're at right now. And I'm sorry, but what is wanted in AEW, women's wise, is your uh, Britt Baker's, is your Ruby Soho, is your Mercedes Martinez right now, Thunder Rosa, Thunder Rosa Serena and. Dean. Dare I say Serena Deeb, I was just going to say. If anybody needs to be taking that title next, I can't wait to talk about her in, in our Dynamite segment. But um, I think that she's going the big swole route. And it's like you don't need to go the road of being like, oh, they don't care about black talent or they don't care about uh, Japanese talent. And it's like, no, no, no. They didn't care for your talent. That's a difference. And you got to fucking pull down the defensive guard and quit you know, looking at it as it's people are out to get you look at yourself do you really think you deserve to be the number one woman in that company on a weekly basis and pushed has she ever given a fucking promo rarely that's worth anything Britt baker comes out i listen not because of any i if nyla rose comes out i'm gonna listen it's who you are it's your character you're drawing me to it you didn't have anything for me, Sheeta. You didn't have anything for me at all, Riho. We know that. You had enough time. They gave you your shot. Don't go the, let's try to cancel the company because they didn't want you. Just, that's just my opinion, you know? That's one thing I will give you. WWE wrestlers, for the most part, when they part, it's it was just a lack of creative. No one has ever pointed figures being like, there's a diversity thing. Twice now in a month for AEW, it's a diversity pointing finger thing. And I'm like, I feel like it's like the absolute opposite, though, because if you look at the show, you have Japanese, Mexican, white, black. You have everybody in that show. There was two women's matches this past week. You had a Britt Baker match or no, not Britt Baker. I'm sorry. You had a uh, Serena Deeb match and another. You had two. My point is, is like it's being pushed. You're not being pushed Hikaru Shida. Look at it that way. That's how you have to see it. Look within yourself. There you go. Let's talk about someone who looks within himself. Matt motherfucking Cardona. Yeah, uh, something like uh, um, it's the same day, and I don't remember how long ago, maybe 15, 16 years ago, that Christian Cage to won the NWA the date. title. Yep, to the date. Uh, yeah, he beat fucking Jeff, Car- Jarrett, and, Jeff Jarrett. Yep. And Cardona was wearing yellow trunks 
that were the same color and style of Christian Cage's pants that he wore beating Jeff Jarrett, and it was 16 years to the date. All right, 16. That wasn't too far off. Uh, yeah, he uh, and, Trevor Murdoch. dude, how many people really have been an NWA champion? He just cemented himself into a completely different legacy. Yeah, I mean, there's like there's got to be an asterisk after a certain point, but you are right. It's a, well, it's a very it is a it is not a title that got just thrown around. We know that for a fact. Um, so your last couple of champions have been Nick Aldis, then it went to Cody, but then Nick Aldis for like seven hundred something days. Mm-hmm. Trevor Murdoch got the championship, and now Cardona, and now Cardona is going to defend against Nick Aldis. This is some old school flair in the territory days, man. I mean, this is like it it's only so many guys who are holding the title and they're making it very prestigious in NWA. I think NWA was on a decent kickstart and then the pandemic hit, man, cuz that was right be- the pandemic happened just after Cornets really <laughs> really messed up uh comments about Trevor Murdoch. But, hey, congrats Uh, to Matt Cardona. Dude, you are a GCW champion. You're an Impact champion. You're an NWA champion. People aren't just tossing a championship title on you just to throw a championship title on you. NWA could have put that title on a million people right now. They chose Matt Cardona. To me, that's huge. Woo, woo, woo. Oh, geez. Don't forget he was also a one-day Intercontinental champion. Oh, what a kick in the dick. <laughs> that was annoying. Uh, all right. So uh, it looks like, uh, well, I guess we shouldn't say that it's going to spoil any future plans, but it definitely puts a halt on it, at least for the time being, I would think. Uh, maybe not at, even at all. But uh, Tamatanga has apparently re-signed with New Japan. Uh, he did some cryptic tweeting where he basically said he was a free agent, but then he did, like, hashtag misinformation. Uh, and then he recently spoke on his podcast about how he has re-signed with New Japan. Doesn't mean he can't go to, to AEW or still show up in Impact. Uh, but, you know, as far as being a full-timer, uh, that seems to be on the table or off the shelf for now or on the shelf, whatever. Um, I just had this random thought. With him signing again, he's like a seven-time tag team champion, I feel like, with uh, Tongaloa. Yeah, it's up there. It would be a pretty decent time to put him in a singles role. Would not mind mm-hmm. seeing him go for the never open weight championship or eventually being uh, your Gaijin world champion in IWGP. You know, I think that'd be kind of great. I, I I think they have enough confidence in, in Tamatanga, but I don't know. I, I, I would just like, I don't want to go too in depth because of what we're going to talk about soon, but. New Japan is open to working with some people, so we can't say that we won't see him on American soil. So what's to come soon? But Certainly. this Saturday night, he's actually going for the tag titles with Tongaloa against the Good Brothers at Impact's No Surrender. Dude, every time I keep looking at this and it's No Surrender, I keep getting Bone Thugs' No Surrender in my head. I'm like, No Surrender. That's way before your time. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, no, but we talked about the the card last week. You got Moose defending against 
will basically be big cash. You get the tag titles on the line. Cardona's going to be there. It should be actually a pretty decent pay-per-view. I'm excited about it. And then you have the Honor No More against Team Impact. But did you see who is no longer with Impact Wrestling? I did. Well, is it Josh not with... Alexander. Yeah, was he actually... I think it's a kayfabe suspension, if I'm not mistaken. But they took him out of this match, and... Mm-hmm. But I, I heard it had something to do with his uh, contract coming up, which is kind of funny because maybe a week or two ago, Brandy name-dropped him on uh, Dynamite. She goes, and Ethan Page, the only reason we got you is because we were trying to get to Josh Alexander. <laughs> yeah. yeah, could be. She wanted to bring him to open mic night. <laughs> fucking brandy. all right what other news you got all right well you know all, all that news about shane mcmahon it appears uh, might have been a little presumptuous and early and uh listen you know i'll apologize for it but at the same time uh, we've made it very clear that we're like a third hand fourth hand source of news so take it for what it is uh but yeah it, it, and, and even this in itself is speculation and it seems like nobody has any answers so we'll just put this out there it seems like he's still working for WWE or still has some affiliation with WWE. Um, he uh, Somebody tweeted, uh, it was uh, the owner of some South African rugby union, um, posted a photo of him with the co-owner of the Florida Panthers hockey team. Uh, and he hinted at a partnership between WWE and rugby. Um, so... I, maybe he's like an ambassador again. I, I so I think there's a lot of speculation. I think and until we get like news from WWE themselves, um, we should just say that we have no fucking idea what his status within WWE is. So my favorite meme has been lately a picture of him, but he's standing and talking to Uncle Phil wearing the backwards hat, and it says, "How come you don't want me, man?" <laughs> that is really good. I love that. Hey, not the only Uncle Phil reference this week. No shit. Wow. Yeah. We may have to have a hat trick for Uncle Phil by the end of this yeah, show. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All right, what else? Uh, well, staying with the McMahons, uh, if you want to know Vince's state of mind or how batshit crazy he really is, uh, not surprisingly, Vince McMahon doesn't believe there's anything wrong with the current WWE product. Um, this is, comes from Mike Johnson of PWI Insider. Um, and his, this is a quote from Mike. Uh, in his mind, he doesn't think anything is wrong. The company made a billion dollars last year, so there's a billion reasons for him to shrug off any criticisms. We are told he pushes and presents what he likes and wants, and nothing else makes a dent in that vision. That's why the shows are presented the way they are, and that's why nothing is going to change anytime soon, if ever. The ramblings of a deluded old Yo. man. That's what you're getting. Com- completely in denial. It's hysterical. It's like the entire town knows your wife is cheating on you, but you're like, nah, everything's fine, man. Everything. There's nothing wrong with going on in my life. Everything is fine. But like, you seriously, you seriously do not think anything is wrong with your product? Okay. Speaking of, did you see Kyle O'Reilly? He had an interview. He said that... He was one of the words that kept getting thrown around NXT is they wanted no more professional wrestlers. And it said that was an easy decision for him to leave and go to AEW. 
And I'm like, well, I don't think there's anything wrong with this product. It's as good as it gets. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, what I read was it, it was he specifically was written out as they don't want no pro wrestlers. Yeah, that's how it was written. So and he is a pro wrestler and he likes yeah. to pro wrestle. <laughs> well, speaking of some pro wrestling, did you happen to see House of Glory announced for their next show? Salvation, March 11th, Briscoes versus the Lucha Bros. Yikes. I'm excited about that. That should be that's, a good match. Yeah, that's uh, pretty cool. Is Phoenix's elbow going to be okay by then? I don't know. Uh, it still seems like it'd be a little bit early. Let me ask you a question. Well, First, I'm sure you've seen that it's kind of funny. Like, WWE has just two matches planned for WrestleMania, and they're like 30-something days away, I think. And it's it's like one of the sl- like slowest builds ever towards WrestleMania. Have you ever bought tickets to a pay-per-view? And you're like, oh, I can't wait to go. And you're like three weeks away from a pay-per-view, and they haven't named one fucking match. <laughs> because that's what's happening to me. Tonight is Dynamite, and they still have not announced one match for the pay-per-view that is three weeks away from this Sunday that I'm going to in Orlando because I have... I don't know if I've ever mentioned that on this show. (laughs) But are you shitting me? We're three weeks away. Tonight, they better open Dynamite being like, ladies and gentlemen, the list of the following matches is what's going to happen at Revolution because, oh my God, they haven't said one thing. They've alluded to things... But, like, sure. no one could buy the pay-per-view. Tickets, I mean, like, I'm just saying, if you were to say what I told you to do last week, if you just come out and go, ladies and gentlemen, for the first time ever, FTR versus the Briscoes, it's going to happen at Revolution, tickets are going to get eaten up right away. There's still tickets available right now because people are like, well, where do I want to sit? I could sit in the 300 level if this is going to be a shit pay-per-view or if I really want to get close, you know what I mean? Like, Or, or is it worth going to it? I'm one of. The, I mean, I bought my tickets because I was like, "It's pay per view. It's AEW. They do four a year. This is it's a no brainer." You're three weeks away and you haven't announced anything. But at the same point, Punk came back August 20th and announced Darby Allen and him for September 5th. So I mean, it's kind of somewhat of the same. I mean, but they better name some shit tonight. But what happened on uh, Dynamite this past week? Yeah. So the Dynamite. <coughs> Excuse me. Dynamite was a weird one for me. Uh, I think we talked about it on the show a little bit last week. Uh, darts on Wednesday, so I just had it on my phone, my earbud in, so I can kind of peek in on it every once in a while. So it was nice to be able to watch everything. Um, we start with Wardlow coming down the aisle carrying some cutouts, one of MJF and one uh, with him sitting on Punk's chest. Um, does not look happy about it. Had a hard time getting one of them in the ring, kept getting caught on the rope. That was hilarious. Um, but then uh, that you know, was they awesome. bring out. <clears throat> they bring out um, the rest of the pinnacle, uh, Sean Spears, uh, FTR, uh, and then MJF comes out. And, uh, man, it's fucking hilarious because uh, MJF's like, oh, and I got to thank the one guy that helped me win that match and was by my side the whole time, and Wardlow smiles, and he kind of pops his collar a little bit, and he goes, Sean Spears! Oh, God. <laughs> it is. Uh, transparent what they're doing. 
but it works. It's working. And I hope it keeps going on. I hope they don't rush this. They got to wait for the right moment to let Wardlow just blow up and just murder him. Uh, you know, I, I would say that Wardlow's going to The last I can remember... Uh, the, the last I remember something like this, and I referenced it, I think, last week or the week before, it's, it's Triple H and Batista, man. It's so perfect. Batista was the reason Triple H held on to that title for so long, and he, you know, ended up saying that to him. They're working the right angle right here, you know, just where you think Wardlow's going to get his due. You know, everybody was all happy and doing a group hug. He wasn't involved. It, a lot of little writing on the wall, but then you see uh, when Punk goes, I'm talking to you, Wardlow, Spears put his arm around Wardlow. He's like, hey, we're buddies. Yeah, and I'm like, they, they play both sides so well. I, I This thing could last another year before Wardlow turns. I'm fine with it because it, it just makes it that – because people are going to go ape shit when he finally turns. It's They're doing the right thing with him. I like this whole setup. Uh, one thing you didn't mention – was Justin Roberts having to read what Sean Spears <laughs> gave him and something about like banging more ring rats than anybody. But Justin like flew through that part. But did you see him tongue fuck the girl? Apparently it's his real life fiance or girlfriend. But oh they, like, yeah, here comes the ring and they they have him on one of those throne type carrying things. It's funny because Shivani goes, have you ever seen something like this before, Jim Ross? And I wanted to be like, yeah, fucking Macho Man every week for like three years straight when he was king. <laughs> right. You know, I'm like, come on. But as soon as he gets there, he gets to the ring. And I mean, he hardcore made out with his fiance. It was awesome. I loved it. It was just, it made him just that much more of a dickhead. Um, but then, yeah, Punk comes out, no music. And we're in Atlantic City. And he says that me and my buddies are going to come down there. And he brings out Sting and Darby. And I'm over here thinking, here is your chance for the Briscoes again. I'm done. I'm done waiting on them. I'm just going to have to just be surprised the day they show up because I can't keep waiting. And Because I'm like, every moment of this show, when FTR was on, I'm like, here's your chance. Here's your chance. And it ruined the show for me almost. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Uh, But they said you, you can't use Sting and Darby. So you have to find someone tonight. Okay, here is another tremendous opportunity for your quote-unquote forbidden door. You want to talk about someone shooting themselves in the foot or putting their foot in their mouth, whatever you want to do. Tony put himself in a bit of a pickle because he should not have used the word forbidden door, and he realized it, and he even he even mentioned that Sunday night, they were scrambling around to find a Forbidden Door person because they realized that the ladder match uh, qualifier, it wasn't a Forbidden Door when it's a free agent, you idiot. <laughs> yeah, it did lead to a little bit of a sour taste, but I think ultimately it was a good uh, good episode. So after that, that leads into uh, MJF telling Wardlow, hey, buddy, go get dressed because you got a match, and he does have a match against the Blade. Just squashes him. Powerbomb Symphony looks like a, a world beater. Um, uh, you know, I think a little more work, uh, you know, a little more ring time and letting him cut some promos. Potential, man. He'll be another one of those pillars. You know, he's got the potential. Well, we're going to be talking about him, I think, soon about what kind of push he can get uh, when we talk about tonight, what we can get. But yeah, we'll, uh, the next part was probably my favorite entire moment of the entire show it 
It's it's good. I, okay, so I don't like Jericho. You know, I saw some shit that Jericho is saying. He sees himself now as the Undertaker later in his career. I'm like, are you fucking retarded? Are you stupid? Sorry, I know you're not supposed to use that word anymore. My apologies. But are you serious? What? Stupid? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. The one I said before it. Um. Oh. Basically, what wait. He's, question. Yeah. In what role? Like he's the godfather of the backstage kind of thing that everybody looks up to is he meaning or is he yep. meaning like yep. in his status of legendariness he is uh. yeah hmm. so so this this segment i just i'm tired of jericho but it is you know he he's basically putting himself in the heel role um you know it seems like the inner circle is going to break up uh they set up a match for next week it's going to be santana and ortiz versus jake hager and chris jericho uh, I think everything that came out of this was the reasoning that Proud and Powerful should be uh, at the top of the tag division with FT- FTR um, and let Santana get the mic often. I, I, yeah. So, first, they came out with their own music. Mm-hmm. They didn't come out with the inner circle. They came out after. It was a mandatory meeting, but they showed up on their own time and they even mentioned, they go, ooh, they got new music. I thought it was just, I was like, oh, they are pointing this in the right direction. I was waiting for Eddie to show up, but apparently he is cleared now to come back maybe this week. And Correct. it was an orbital bone thing. But apparently this is something he's been dealing with. And I read an interview that he said he went to the doctor backstage and was like, so do you just want me to cut it like I normally do and wait for it to just kind of bleed out and we'll be fine? The doctor was like, I'm sorry, what? And he goes, yeah, that's what I did on the indies. I would just kind of cut it, let it deal with it. He goes, you need to go to a real doctor. And I'm like, <laughs> King Soon was like, cut me, Mick. Cut me. I'm like, he doesn't give a shit. He's like, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. That's, you know, he's a tough dude, all right? He's getting more and more of my respect each week. Um, I think we're going to get a six-man tag at the pay-per-view, and you named that. If that ends up happening, I think it's exactly what you called, which is Kingston, Santana Ortiz versus Hager, Jericho, and Sammy. Sammy was, guys, I don't like that we're all fighting, so I'm going to leave, and I'm going to leave my jacket here in the middle of the ring. All right. It was weird. But, like you said, Santana, give him the mic often. Oh, my God. Every time Jericho went, no, 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 I'm not done. Put that thing down. I'll tell you when he (laughs) can speak. I'm not done, Chris. And then kept going. Oh, my God. And then when Jericho was talking, he was like, (laughs) next week, it's mandatory. Santana breaks the fourth wall, looks at the camera and goes, <laughs> you get this guy? Oh, my God. Give me more Santana all the time on the mic. And Ortiz, he had, yo, the way he was dressed. First, he had the uh, he had the, the winter hat and the, the wife beater. It was like Cheech. You know what I mean? Like, he just came for a fucking brawl, like, like the way he looked, you know? But but he had also the, the rubber workout weight thing, too, just dangling off his neck. But... And he's like, we don't talk. He goes, we're here. This is what we do. We deal with our fist, man. And I was like, yo, they are now going to become a legit tag team. They did fight everything for Inner Circle for so long. I need them on their own. Oh, my God. Give me tag team champs of Proud and Powerful. Now, what if? I'm just throwing this out as a what if. What if? At the pay-per-view, it's just Jericho and Kingston. Or do you think you need to have all of Inner Circle involved at this point? That's a good question. Um, 
Here's why I say that before I get before you give me your answer. We don't have a very definitive tag title picture right now. Lucha Brothers just keep beating your nobody teams on a weekly basis on Dark, or not on Dark, I'm sorry, on Rampage. What if for the pay-per-view they do a tag team gauntlet and you do Luchas? No, I'm sorry, not Luchas. Uh, Jurassic Park, uh, Proud and Powerful, Bucks, Red Dragon, and even the Acclaimed. That gets a lot of people in your pay-per-view. And you could do that about a good 20, 30, gaunt- 20, 30 minute gauntlet match. And I don't even care if Lucha Express runs through the whole thing and wins. I'm just saying, gets everybody up there and a chance to do something, including Problem Powerful, to step in. If they're not doing anything with Inner Circle. That's why I want to throw that theory to you, but what are your thoughts? What's the best option? Yeah, that's not a bad one. I like that. Give give all the tag teams a little bit of exposure. You don't really have any clear-cut feuds. You're still kind of simmering on the Young Bucks versus Red Dragon thing. Uh, Lucha Bros are out. Um, yeah, that's not a bad idea. And then just keep it to... Because right now what you're doing is you're already kind of showing the, the inner circle imploding. You've already got the match coming up next week on Dynamite. Um so let after that just let them go let them do their own thing uh push the tag title picture mm-hmm. uh and then do jericho versus kingston um I, unfortunately you know i don't think kingston getting the rub is really going to put him over as much as jericho would say it would uh just because jericho you know honestly is at that point where he should hang it up in a ring at the very least but um how oh, i would do a, it the, if i if it was a one-on-one match uh I think Kingston and Jericho one on one, and at the very end, power, Prime and Powerful come down and screw Jericho, and I mean like beat the living piss out of him. And even if Kingston gets DQ'd, they beat the living shit out of him, and then you send Jericho off. He's gone and off TV. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's not going to happen. You know that. I want sure. it. <laughs> yeah, I know, no, right? Exactly. Uh, so next here is where we get the mishmash of Forbidden Door slash debuts slash new signees. It was a weird, weird thing. Um, so right before going to break, uh, we see Adam Cole uh, kind of in the parking lot with the Young Bucks. Uh, and they confront Rapongi Vice. And um, they start fighting. And then out of nowhere, fucking Switchblade shows up. Oh, man. And he gives Adam Cole a look. And I love, this is how much a bitches the bucks are what are you doing hanging out with that guy didn't you know like him and omega were like mortal enemies i fucking hate the young bucks so much fuck the bucks yeah yeah i so they say it's new japan's jay white and he is under contract there and he's also Mm -hmm. fighting this saturday at impact against eric young so um i i think it makes sense because i think jay white with the pandemic and everything going on, I think it makes more sense for him to be stateside anyway. I mean, it's not that he's from the States. I'm just saying, I think that he could do a little more here than what he's been doing over in new Japan anyway. Um, I don't think he was even on. No, I don't think he was even on the wrestle kingdom shows. So Uh, it's perfect timing. Get him over here and doing stuff. So I, I I was okay with it, but I was like, eh, that was it. Yeah, that was it. You know, cause you got to remember when they said, uh, when Punk said, or when they said, you know, Punk, you have to have a, a guy tonight, what was the first thing I texted you? Samoa Joe. I said, here it is. Bring Joe. God damn, that's perfect yeah, time for a team. I know, right? You can't have the Briscoes come out. Yeah, it could have been anybody. 
and you know we'll we'll get into that. But so the after the Jay White segment, now we do get the real what was supposed to be your forbidden door free agent. It was who we kind of expected. We said we would be okay with it, but we were like, I don't want it to be him. It was limitless Keith Lee. Nothing against him. I was just looking for a little more bang, I feel like. Now, I said, what about Hardy, right? And I was wrong. But did you see the references to Jeff Hardy in this match? Uh, announced team Matt said something Hardy about Matt. leaves be- through the crowd. Mm-hmm. Looks unhinged. Same way that Jeff did. Please tell me we're going to get broken Matt and brother Nero coming in completely unhinged again. Oh, I would lose it. That would be the best thing. Especially if all of a sudden you hear the, the I'll fade away and classify myself as obsolete. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's kind of what I was waiting But for. yeah, Keith Lee comes in, and, and this is your second Uncle Phil reference of the day because the meme has been shown of Keith Lee throwing Isaiah Cassidy like Uncle Phil would throw Jazz out the front door on a weekly basis. And, dude, it was post to post across the ring. Mm-hmm. I will say I'm not a fan of private party necessarily, but damn – Cassidy can do the right things when you need him to do some really good high flops like that. That was or a good uh, bump. He was the guy for it. And I in it's corny, but I like when Isaiah does the really high pitched scream before he like takes a real high bump. Or he's like, <laughs> <laughs> it works. You got the bask in the glory sound. Um, you know what? I'm going to go on record and, and do a little bit of a Bruce Pritchard words. Uh, fuck Dave Meltzer. Really? Uh, he looked to be a little chunky. He looked way heavier in his weight than he should be, and he looked slower. And it, what? And it was okay because Isaiah could help him with his move set. That's what Dave Meltzer said. Fuck you, Dave. Okay. Yeah. You know, I didn't think he looked yeah. any bigger. He was always a big dude. He didn't look bigger or smaller. You know you know what? You know why he probably looked bigger to you? Because now you're seeing his body, and he wasn't wearing the fucking Serena Williams tennis skirt that WWE <laughs> made him fucking wear. Right. It's probably the only reason he doesn't like him is because he's an ex-WWE guy. So, um, yeah, you know, at, at first I was, like, slightly disappointed, like you said. I was like, oh, man, I was expecting more. And then two seconds later I'm like, this is fucking awesome. Um, he looked so Yeah, as soon as he started throwing him around the ring, I go, okay. And you know what? You want to talk about uh, Dave Meltzer saying, oh, well, he looks slower than this or that or whatever. Weekly Cornette reference. Cornette said, that's how you bring someone in on their debut. Have them beat the living piss out of someone the whole match. Thank you. That's what I wanted, too. So, yeah, you're right. It wasn't who we wanted, but when you're into it, you're like, okay. So, for me... He's now in the ladder match at Revolution. Now I'm sitting here going, what can this big guy do in a ladder match? I'm excited for it. Let's we'll find see out. where it goes. Because now that, there's yeah. there's other names that are being thrown around for this Re- Revolution ladder match, and I can't wait to talk about this. What else All happened right. on Dynamite? Uh, we had a squash match with Jade Cargill defeating Aqua, A-Q-A. 
Um, <laughs> you beat me to it. It is AQA, but apparently it's they call her AQA, but I kept saying Aqua as well. <laughs> so, so uh, she is an NXT release, um, and apparently has signed officially with AEW. Mm. So, uh, but she got her ass kicked. Was uh, she a two point right, release? Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> no yeah. Sad. And then uh, Serena Deeb right after that squashed Katie Arquette <laughs> in a minute. <laughs> like this was a like solid the Jade minute. One actually, yeah, the, the the Jade Cardigo one actually went a little longer than it should have, um, but the Serena Deeb one was fucking just quick. So it's funny to me because you have a very heavy show going here. Oh, I didn't even put in the the tag. I know we're going to get there. I just uh, I just noticed right it. After this. We'll get there. Yeah. We'll get there. Yeah. But it's funny because as the Cargill match is going and then they bring out Serena D versus Katie Arquette and I go, we're running out of time. We have a world title match. You know, one world title match with 60 minutes. Like the other one was 40 something. I know this is a Texas Death match, but don't cut this shit short. And then Serena Deeb did it all in one moment. She shit-talked the whole promo on the way down to the ring. Cuts out your time. Don't need the music. Do your promo on the way to the ring while walking. A one-minute match. They did the timer because it's supposed to be a five-minute challenge. And she oh, put the right. thing on right at the right time. The chick tapped at the right time for the one-minute mark. It was awesome. Put the title on Deeb soon. I would love to see that. Because I think where we're going to be going is Baker versus Thunder Rosa at Revolution which would be great because then your next heel to take the title away could be Serena Deeb. Yeah, definitely. All right. So, yeah. So, yeah, tell me what happened with the tag match. Yeah, so listen, man. Uh, you, you're definitely more of the tag team match connoisseur than I am. Uh, I certainly don't mind them, especially when they're done right and you've got teams that you care about and there's a reason for them to be fighting. But, um, you know, things like this where it's like, hey, we're going to take this tag team and we're going to – uh, have him t- tag up against this guy and some other rando, right? Um, so it was Punk and Moxley uh, versus FTR. And, and again, keep in mind, I was at Dart, so I was coming back. You know, I'd shoot, come back, and watch it. Um, this went a while, and I got to tell you, this is one of the best tag team matches I've seen on I don't know how long. I mean, maybe since the Bucks versus Omega and Page. I mean, this was yeah. a fucking AEW one hundred percent. This was a fantastic tag team match. It was amazing. It was great. It went long. There were lots of You had the right finishes. people in there. Yeah, yeah. Well, Punk, dude, it's one of the best Moxley matches I've ever seen. It was, but Punk was just playing yeah. it great. I mean, it was it was great. FTR is great. Um, you know, another weekly Cornet well, reference. I got FTR in the league, so I was kind of hoping they would win. <laughs> but I needed. I also wanted Punk to win for the. The storyline purposes and all this, I'm like, well, Punk and Moxley can't lose. Well, can no. they? I'm like, but then if he loses, he doesn't get the match at Revolution. God damn it, he's gonna win. Yeah. They, but yeah. there were so many awesome false finishes that I go, oh my god, FTR is gonna right? pull it off. I even marked out at points of the match. It was well done, and you had the right guys in there. You had pros, man. Punk knows tag wrestling. Moxley knows tag wrestling. When it's done right, when it's not under the uh, the WWE umbrella, kind of like we've seen with the NXT FTR, you could get some really great stuff done. I thought they did a great job with this match. Oh, yeah. No, it was fantastic. Okay, so where I didn't pay as much attention was the main event. Uh, just because, you know, I kind of knew what it was going to be. Um, 
So uh, we get uh, Hangman Adam Page versus Lance Archer for the AEW World Title in a Texas Death Match, but I don't think it was truly a Texas Death Match by rules. But whatever, they just called it that, and it was basically uh, what Cornette would call a indie mud show death match. Um, fucking Lance Archer it was a last his man ad- standing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Lance Archer did his Abdullah the Butcher impression with a fork. And he just repeatedly stabbed Paige in the head. It was fucking insane. Um, but yeah, it, it was what you expect. It was a bloody mess. Uh, and Paige won. It was a great moment. I did catch the ending. Uh, I did like how they ended it eventually. Um, and after the match, fucking, you know, uh, Paige is, you know, all worn out. He's all bloody in the middle of the ring. And Adam Cole immediately enters the ring and picks up the belt. Puts it on Paige's shoulder, kind of gives him a little tap, and gives him a couple words, and just leaves. I liked that. I I liked that. that so I assume subtle... that's probably the title match we're gonna get at Revolution. And I like that subtleness. I like the whole. Yeah, I'm a heel, but see, and and I know Cornette would probably shit all over it, but I like, I like that. Listen, yeah. I could go in there and just beat the shit out of you and hold the title and walk away with it, and that's going to be my my way of telling you that I want to face you next. But he's just like, no, man, all right, good job, champ, good job, good job. I'll be seeing you soon. I like that. My only my issue with this is they're like, well, Adam Cole, he's number one ranked. He just lost that match last <laughs> week or two weeks ago to Orange Cassidy, yeah. and now you're going to put him in the title picture. You did not do him justice by having him lose no. to Orange Cassidy nope. in their feud. Because nope. now I'm looking at this and I go, he's not going to win the title. If he was clearing house on everybody so far, I'd be like, ooh, Adam Cole may become the next AEW champion. The way it looks right now, I'm like, this is Adam Page versus a fucking mid-carder. That's how I'm looking at it, and I don't want to be. But I got to say, the memes are getting funnier and funnier about uh, Adam Cole's height in size um i've seen some funny ones where it looks like undertaker has his little kid on the ring ropes like she's doing the old school walk across the ropes and someone superimposed adam cole there and then i just recently saw it where the title belt is basically the entire body length of adam cole for the aew title it's these are getting fucking funny i'm not gonna lie because <laughs> he's short i get it however um, some things to this match. First, I'm not even going to act like I, I was the one who made this up. It was a great meme. Or not even a meme. I think it was a tweet. Adam Page is like, I'm tired of bleeding every month. And someone's <laughs> like, you know, they got doctors you can go to for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was bleeding pretty bad. Uh, yeah. The 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 biggest thing I want to talk about with this whole thing is that why are they trying to look like they're going to take Jake Roberts and Lance Archer and separate them? Why if anything. he let... I mean, you let Jake get you there the whole way, and all of a sudden you push him out of the way and say, no, I got this, and now you lost. And it's like, maybe they could play off it, is that that's why you didn't win the big things, because you didn't listen to me. You didn't let me do it. But also, Jake can't take a full fucking DDT bump, so they stopped him from doing that. But I don't know. It was just its a weird thing to have that whole dissension there. I'm not sure where they're going with it. I didn't like it. Maybe it's just Jake's health. Maybe he's got to take a step back. 
and maybe with Dan Lambert stepping in recently. You know, I will say I liked how they immediately took the top ring rope down and the announcers, hey, you know, I've said it, the announcers are just equally as a part of the match if you're doing your job right, and they did. To the naked eye in the arena, maybe you don't know that when you're taking that top rope off, you just took away the buckshot lariat, but the announcers were selling it right there off the top. Right? They're like, they're like, this just took away the buckshot lariat. And so my mind, I'm like, hmm, can he just do a flip? Can he do from the outside and come in? Damn, I'm kind of curious how he's going to do this. And when he did it off of the ref and still hit it, it went through the table. I go, okay, now that was a cool finish. I liked it, man. And again, the refs help sell it. Or no, I'm sorry, not the refs. The announcers help sell it the entire way. And the crowd didn't get it until Paige went up to the ring and grabbed for a rope that was gone. I just thought it was very well done how they did that part. I just didn't like the Jake Roberts, Lance Archer dissension. Um, but tonight we are going to have, as we said, Inner Circle is going to explode. We got Hager and Jericho versus Proud and Powerful. TNT title is on the line. Sammy Guevara versus De- Darby Allen. Um, you know what I could have done without? The six-minute promo between Darby and Andrade Del Rio. Uh, you will work for me. You, I like the TNT title. <laughs> it was just way too slow and drawn out. And Sting goes, well, one thing's for sure. He's serious. Okay, well, good segment, boys. Uh, tonight, no DQ. Thunder Rosa versus Mercedes Martinez. Brian Danielson is going to face Lee Moriarty. And the face of the revolution qualifier, Max Caster versus Wardlow. So we're going to get a powerbomb symphony. And I think our two entrants are Keith Lee and Wardlow into a ladder match. That's why I'm like, this may be a different kind of ladder match. Now, the other rumor is the other match that's set to take place, I think, for the following rampage is Dante Martin against Powerhouse Hobbs. Ooh. Just a Probably he's going to be Dante Martin. Right. But I was like, well, I was like, probably Dante because you need your high flyer for the ladder. But what if it is an all Hoss ladder match? Just as you just said there, I go, huh. If you put Powerhouse Hobbs in there, this may be the. Oddest looking ladder match, but could be a different one because <laughs> right. everybody's so used to seeing high flyer, flyers. What if it's just breaking ladders left and right, or using them as the weapon as opposed to jumping? Could be a little different. Um, I just want to quickly ask you this question. They said that starting um, in I think May they're going to begin the Owen Hart Cup uh, qualifiers, and then it's going to culminate right. at double or nothing. My question to you. Do you let a new up-and-coming talent win it, like a Dante Martin? Or do you have someone established, like a CM Punk is your first ever Owen Hart uh, Cup winner? Ooh, that's a good question. To me, I would look at it as the uh, Andre uh, Battle Royale thing. That's how I would look at it. Uh, and I and I would think your that first one was Cesaro, and it looked great. It, it that was, <laughs> well, the first was I'm great not saying... with Cesaro, but then it went shit afterwards. Well, absolutely, and you know, and I would almost say it make it like a you know instead of a people's choice, how about uh, the guys and the girls in the back select, right? You take somebody, you'd be like, okay, this person's a mid carder at the low end of the card. Um, they're young, they got potential, and you know what? We really like the person that they are or the team player that they are. So you know what? Let's reward them. Let's give them this. It gives them more exposure, and 
you know, because it's not just about the push. It's also about it's Owen's name attached to it. So I think that whoever wins it really should exemplify, you know, some of his qualities and, you know, you know, the person that he was. All right. So we're so we're in agreement. Cody will win. All right, man. Hey, revolution's coming up soon. And I have uh, dwindled down our sign ideas right now. We're down to four. This is the top of wrestling. I left my RV for this. Boo this man. And pay-per-views over premium live events. By the way, for Valentine's Day, did you see WWE was doing buy one, get one uh, WrestleMania tickets? I swear to God. And it said the code word was WM love. And you would get buy one, get one free WrestleMania tickets. They are really not doing well. But don't worry. Vince said everything is A-OK. Yeah, right. Um, Look it. I don't care. I don't care if you like it or not, but I added it to it because she came out in an interview and actually said I was right. Oh, yeah. No, I know. So predictions that have come right this year. Yeah, I just wanted to say it one more time. Yeah. Yep. Rhonda said the reason she wore what she wore at the pay-per-view for uh, or the premium live event of Royal Rumble, she was worried about having leaky tits. She didn't use those exact words, but it was kind of (laughs) close. Again, you just wanted to say that. All right, well, speaking of tits, let's bring something to the table. Just bring it, bitch! Oh, my God! It's a fully, man. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, man. I'm I'm still, you know, still reeling from uh, Super Bowl. You know, bringing myself down. It was a long weekend. Uh, Hey, man, I have to go first. Because I almost okay. gave my my own thing away during uh, AEW. Booker T. Oh, th- th- that match was just too much for me, man. That was too gory to have uh, the Texas Death match. You should have saved it for a pay-per-view, man. I don't like how they did that. Can you fucking stop naysaying every goddamn thing that's not WWE? No, no, no. NXT was shit before 2.0 came along. Now it's all pink. People like it. Sucker. Yo, I just, I, I can't listen to him. He's lost all credibility with me, man. Now I'm glad Triple H beat you with it, WrestleMania 19. All right, what do you got this week? Oh, uh, I still got a soft spot in my heart for Booker T, but yeah, I, you're right. He is just becoming the uh, naysayer of WWE. Um, so yeah, just you got a, on- a soft spot for him, but he's got a hard on for WWE <laughs> all the time. If it's not WWE's product, it sucks. Yep. Does he say? Much. Does he feel the same way about his wrestling promotion? Yeah, I don't know. So, uh, for my bring it to the table, since Keith Lee uh, has now signed and debuted with AEW, I thought uh, it'd be a good time to just talk about uh, his string of matches with Dominic Dijakovic. Um, dude, they had three, maybe four matches. Uh, easily could have qualified for matches of the year. Um, at least in the running, uh, they just worked so well together and guys that big, that can move that way. Uh, just fantastic matches. Uh, and you know, and I wrote in the notes, uh, fight forever, uh, cause you got those chance for all their matches, uh, and rightfully so, because if anybody's going to fight forever, uh, those two, I'd be quite happy to watch. It was something that, you know, it definitely, they definitely got a lot of praise, but in the grand scheme of things with, you know, other things that were going on and other match of the year candidates, I almost feel like this one kind of goes forgotten and under the radar. So uh, I even mentioned it in uh, the uh, fantasy group when somebody says, oh, that's not who I was expecting. And I wrote, 
Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic. Good shit. And nobody responded. I'm like, aren't you guys wrestling fans? Like, how do you not know about this? But aren't you guys wrestlers? Um, <laughs> yo, I, you're right. It really wasn't because they had, I think it was three or four matches overall and two were on takeovers. Like, I think one or two were on regular TV, and then two were on takeovers. Or maybe three were on takeover, and one was on a TV. I think they had four in total. The minimum time was always 15 minutes. One of them, I think, oh, went yeah. just under 30. And, and it was, you know, especially when it was for the North American title, him mm-hmm. and Dij- uh, Keith Lee and Dijakovic were having some banger matches, and that's just before you made him T-nuts. And I was like, why did you? Come on, man. Like, he... He didn't need to be repackaged. Neither of them need to be repackaged. Yeah. Mr. Bearclaw over here. Yeah, no, this was way better. Uh, th- these were good times for Keith Lee. So for me, now him being an AEW, he can recreate the same magic with your Malachi Blacks, with a John Moxley. Wardlow. A, a MJF. He could Wardlow. He could recreate magic with almost everybody. I, I Limitless. No pun intended, man. I think he is. I, I For a big guy, he, dude, he's Vader. That's a guy that can go yeah. and has charisma. He's got speed, got the strength, everything. That's I, I like him. I think I needed to get reintroduced. I think at the time off kind of made me forget about him. And I consider his time on Raw time off. When he left NXT, I did not give a shit about the Bear Claw. Uh, but next week... You know he's back, Nightwing himself. He'll be bringing you some good shit. But speaking of good shit, what did 97 have to produce for good shit? Marty, you've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future. Wait a minute, Doc. What are you talking about? What happens to us in the future? What, we become assholes or something? Give me a hell yeah! Mick Foley is going to win their world title. Has been paid for by the New World Order. Come on, Vince. Step into the ring. My God, the battle lines have been drawn! Beat Generation X invades WCW tonight! Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Have a nice day! We got you! That's right. It is 
Well, this was the 16th and 17th of February in 97. And what you just heard was a little bit of a prelude to the felony that we're going to be talking about very soon here. That was Nash and Hall out for a little joyride. ODM, please break down what happened. We had In Your House, Final Four. The title is on the line. And we also have, of course, Raw and Nitro the final or the, the following day. All right. So we start off with Marrow uh, versus Leaf Cassidy. Leaf Cassidy really starting to look like Al Snow now, or at least the Al Snow that we know, uh, starting to grow in that facial hair. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's an opening match. Marrow wins with a shooting star press. Not much to go over. Uh, what I thought was interesting was next Honky Tonk Man comes to the ring. Uh, we get a recap of the Losing Your Smile segment. A backstage promo from Sid. Uh, he works in the new time slot for Raw because they're moving to two hours. Uh, and then nothing ever happens with Honky Tonk Man. He's not on commentary. He doesn't cut a promo. We get nothing. Okay. Uh, next, oh, they ran they ran short on time, apparently. Yeah, apparently. Uh, <laughs> next, we get Flash Funk, Bark Gun, and Gold Dust versus the Nation of Domination, uh, specifically Farouk, Crush, and Savio Vega. Um, I see a WWF... Fi- WWF fears ECFNW sign. We're going to get more into that because uh, that's obviously a plant. Uh, the nation enters through the crowd. Um, end of the match is a cluster. Everybody's, you know, like six man tags usually are. Everybody's in the fucking ring. Um, Bart hits a bulldog off the top on Farouk, uh, but the ref's back is turned naturally and Crush hits a leg drop and Farouk gets the pin. Uh, next, we get Doc Hendricks backstage with Austin. They're basically just cutting a promo on the Final Four match. Austin doesn't have a clear-cut win. Uh, Doc says, Austin, you don't have any a clear-cut win any, over any of the others in the Final Four match. And he says, what are you talking about, son? I won the Royal Rumble and eliminated all three of them. Uh, calls Doc Hendricks a piece of trash and walks off. Fucking great. We're getting Austin here. Uh, next, uh, we got Triple H versus Rocky Maivia, uh, rematch for the IC title. Uh, just amazing to see how even in, you know, their early years, how well these two work together. Uh, you know, obviously Triple H has been wrestling for a while now anyway, uh, but just a sign of things to come. This doesn't go away anytime soon. Um, Goldust comes out and taunts Triple H, starts smacking his own ass, and Rocky takes advantage and wins with the back suplex into a bridge. Uh... So after the match, and I didn't, I never realized this was the debut. Uh, so we got Goldust on the apron, you know, taunting Triple H, and all of a sudden, while his back is turned, Marlena's up against uh, the barricade, and China just chokes her out until she's pulled away by security. Um, pretty fucking cool. Uh, again, I I didn't realize this was the debut, so it was a pleasant surprise, to say the least. Uh, About a month ago, I said to you. Do you you're like I don't get where this whole thing is going with the gold dust and Marlena thing, and I was like, oh, I do. Give it time. I know what's happening. And I'm like, I can't wait for China to come in and shake the living shit out of this chick like a rag doll, <laughs> and that's what it was. And I forgot it started with the the choke from behind. And it's funny that they even do that because they go they kept saying they're like, is that a fan? Is that a fan? I'm like, it's kind of bad idea to plant into people's heads you know what i'm saying like after what we've seen with like seth rollins recently right i'm like i'm surprised they even said that's a fan of all things you know because that's planting ideas but i it was just awesome to see that that's where she debuted was at a pay-per-view a lot of people probably think it was a raw or something man she debuted at in your house and for me in your house has always been known or not in your house but just final four this pay-per-view was known for just the main event to me 
until I saw that. Oh, that's where she she debuted. All right, then this pay per view has a little more of a uh, little weight to it than I thought. Absolutely. Uh, next week, Kevin Kelly uh, backstage with Vader. Oh goddamn! Poor Leon tried again with his promo. Just didn't work out very well. Oh uh, well, what are you gonna do? Uh, next we get Owen and Bulldog versus Furnace and Lafon again. Uh, this time for the tag titles. Uh, this is less about the titles. It's more about Owen and Bulldog. Um, there's a, a couple moves that go wrong, a small package where they kind of roll each other over a couple times, and a double-team move goes wrong, uh, and they both lead to arguments uh, between Bulldog and Owen to the point where Bulldog actually just fucking straight-up clotheslines Owen. <laughs> it was pretty nasty. Um, so Owen is on the floor uh, and hits uh, Lafon with the Slammy Award, and then right as Bulldog is about to hit the Power Slam, he clocks Furnace with the Slammy Award, uh, and they get called for the DQ, and Bulldog is naturally pissed because he was just about to win the match. Uh, Bulldog throws the titles down and throws the Slammy to the mat and breaks it, and Owen's reaction is fucking priceless. <laughs> you would have thought that you really just threw down, like, the most prized possession he's ever had in his life, man. He sold that so well. <laughs> the My only issue with this thing is if you are going to keep going to the same match over and over, and we know WWE is known for that even now. I mean, how many times, you know, what was it? They had Rollins and Jason Jordan face each other a million times until they became a tag team, or it's vice versa. You're a tag team until you break up, right? It's the same, and in, in Punk even said it. If I went back to WWE, I would go in the Rumble, I would win, I would go and do... It's it's very cut, copy, paste. Rinse and repeat, like we've said. So we've already seen this. All I would have rather have seen out of this entire thing is if you're going to have Owen and Bulldog feuding with each other, then drop the goddamn titles to Furnace and LaFon. Right. At least make it a part of the thing. Because the same match over and over and over and over and over, and they never win... Now we're just wasting time. I would have rather seen a backstage segment with Bulldog and Owen. It's taking, it was just, every time I keep watching, I'm like, maybe they're going to drop the titles one of these nights here. I'm like, I, I don't remember when these guys actually dropped the tag titles and to who. I think I remember because I feel like I want to say, I'm, but I, I'm not going to give it away. Yeah, I think I know uh, who it is, is a too. a team that's not even here right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely, absolutely. So either way, I just think that they're they're toying way too much with the Furnace and LaFon thing. It's just killing me. And I'm like, all right, man, next match. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Uh, we get Doc Hendricks in the back with Taker. Taker talking about rediscovering his edge. The Undertaker of olden days is back. Um, and then we get our main event, which is the final four match. Uh, we get a recap of the Rumble real quick. JR goes over the rules. Uh, all four will be in the ring at once. No countouts or DQs, uh, eliminations. It's a... Uh, by submission pinfall over the top and both feet hit the ground. Obviously, that's the lazy way to allow them to go fight on the floor. Uh, so Hart is the last one to come out. He cuts a promo backstage before coming out, and he says, may the best man win, me. Way to go with the dad jokes, Brett. Yeah. So uh, early in the night, <laughs> Vader. Sh- <laughs> oh, <that laughs> You're a dick. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Vader goes to the floor early, shoves Fink out of the chair so he can use it as a weapon. And this is where everything goes to shit. Uh, He's got Taker up against Poor Leon bled. Poor Leon fucking bled like a stuck pig. 
He had a taker up against uh, one of the posts on the outside, went to go hit him with the chair, and taker just kicked that fucker right in his face, busted him wide open. Um, so, yeah, so and at one point, it must have affected his vision. Uh, the only reason I say that is because as he's bleeding, he's out on the outside with, uh, I think it's Austin, and Austin goes, it looks like he was trying to throw him into the steps. But at the last second, Vader actually touches the apron and sidesteps the stairs. And he crashes into the barricade. And he actually fucking lands on um, Monsoon, I think. It was weird. Yeah, it, 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 was, it was very weird. And I'm like, it looked like a very awkward spot that did not go well, but they ended up just going with it all the way through, I guess, if I, if I could explain it that yeah, way. That's, <laughs> yeah, because he definitely looked like he sidestepped it. Like I said, he even put his hand out to hit the, the apron just to kind of help him. Um, at one point, he tries to lock the sharpshooter on Brett on the floor, and he just can't get him turned over. It was so awkward, man. Um, so uh, Vader goes for a moonsault on Taker, and he moves at the last second. Austin's the first to go. He gets dumped over the top by Brett, uh, and Austin actually gets escorted out by the official so he can't interfere. Um, at one point, Vader's mask comes off probably because it was just making it worse. I, I'm guessing the irritation on the cut or some shit. I don't know. Maybe so he can get the blood out easier. But uh, So the mask does come off at some point. Um, Hart hits a superplex on Vader, which was really fucking impressive. Uh, locks in this sh- sharpshooter, but Taker breaks it up, and I'm not sure why JR even calls it out. He's like, that doesn't really make much sense. You could have just let him eliminate him, and then it just would have been the two of you. But whatever. Um, but after that, uh, yeah, Austin ends up coming back to the ring and attacks Brett on the floor. Uh, Vader goes for the Vader bomb on Taker. Uh, Taker does the sit-up, hits Vader. He falls to the floor. Therefore, he is eliminated. So it is down to Taker and Hart. Um, Austin's still trying to get into the ring. Officials are trying to hold him back. Uh, pulls Hart out of the tombstone to save him. Um, Brett goes after Austin, then Taker does. And when Taker does that, Hart just fucking tosses him out of the ring. And there you go. Brett wins the title. Um, <clears throat> Taker follows Austin. So it the- wasn't a dad joke. It was a, <laughs> it was a spoiler. It was a spoiler, yeah. Um, so we don't. It's really funny because the celebration gets cut really short because they just cut right to a WrestleMania 13 promo, and then they go back to Brett, and then Sid's music hits and comes out for the stare down, and they're gonna face each other for the title, which we're gonna talk about in a second on Raw. <coughs> wow. Huh. Yeah, we're I'm... not. Yeah, you want to talk about having a hat trick? <laughs> this right here, we should have a WWF title. Hat trick. Let's just say that. Yep. Jesus. Well, let's get this. I I swear this. All right. I did not get the pay-per-view back in this day. Right. But I now this is one of those times, you know, if you didn't have the Internet and you weren't there or basically and you didn't get the pay-per-view, the only way you found out was by tuning in to Raw. And they open up Raw. With your world champion coming out in Breton, I videotaped it. You know, I had the the VHS tape of this. The, the the VHS tape had a lot from this night, this entire Raw, because I was like, Jesus, I thought I would only have to tape one thing, and it was in a, a whole show. Um, but then Nitro, as we remember, Nitro used to not only finish with their show, they would just do a replay right after. So in case you missed it and you were watching Raw. They still want to get you to watch their product somehow, so they did the replay. And I had to tape something from that, the felony. Uh, this was 
probably one of my favorite nights in Raw history up to this point for everything that we have covered for both Raw and Nitro. One of my favorite nights. But yeah, Brett coming out with the title. It was exciting. So I'm like, cool. Well, he's heading to WrestleMania with the title. This will be nice. <laughs> well, part one, we open up. Uh, Austin comes out and attacks Brett before the bell even rings. Uh, the rest of the officials enter for the pull apart. Sid goes after Austin, but Austin hits Sid with a chop block. And man, does he sell. He's just laying on the ground screaming, damn it, damn it, damn it. <laughs> Cameraman got right in his face. Should, uh, Sid shoved him out of the way. Um, and uh, Kevin Kelly is backstage with Sid and said they're, gonna, they're still going to do the match. Or they're just they're going to postpone it a little bit to later in the evening. So, yeah, so there's part one. Uh, next, we get uh, Mero versus Savio. Uh, Farouk's watching from the crowd. Uh, basically, the match ends when Sable gets chased off by the nation into the ring, and we get Mero protecting her while she's in the corner, uh, and then Ahmed comes in with a 2 by 4 and just fucking clears the ring. Uh, big pop. Uh, almost looked like he was wearing something similar to what The Rock was wearing at the Super Bowl. Oh, my God, the all-purple. Oh, my God. You're right. That oh my god, that's what that's what Ahmed was wearing. Yeah. Holy shit. Is he the new hacksaw Jim Duggan with this two by four, by the way? Yeah, I know, right? Well, you want an even more holy shit, speaking of the rock, he's up next uh against Leaf Cassidy for wait, the IC title. Wait, I have a great idea. So instead of Ho he has the the two by four and he comes out and he goes, Prozac Boo. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go sit and time out for a couple minutes. <laughs> okay. Uh, Leaf Cassidy versus Rocky Maivia for the IC title. Hart's backstage talking about Austin's interference. Uh, says, you know, you stop looking out for number one, you end up stepping in number two. Again with the goddamn dad jokes, Brett. Um, uh, Lawler, Lawler's teasing him. And, <laughs> and he eventually, t- Lawler, shut up, Lawler. Uh, that was fucking great. Um, you know, I never realized that Rocky Maivia's music or, or let me let me rephrase it a different way. I never realized that the Rock's music was an amplified remix of Rocky Maivia's music. Oh yeah, yep. never realized that. I mean, it shows you how much I paid attention to Rocky Maivia. Um, well, it wasn't the first. It wasn't the first. Uh, music, the yeah. first entrance theme that he had at Survivor Series '96 was not that. It's what they're using right now. I think right before he became Intercontinental Champ on that Thursday Raw mm. Thursday, that's when they switched over his entrance gotcha. theme. Right around there. But yes, it is the Rock's song in a different version. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Uh, before the bell even rings, Sonny comes to the ring. Holy hell! Uh, Lawler, I don't know what the seven wonders of the world are, but I know Sonny has two of them. Um, she's... <laughs> oh, man. Sonny's... So many jokes just ran through my head and I couldn't pick one. <laughs> Sonny just starts flirting with Rocky. Uh, she's the timekeeper. She rings the bell. King naturally says she can ring my bell. Uh, so we get Triple H backstage, just cuts a promo on Rocky and then Goldust. JR, uh, speaking about Sonny, she's quite the timekeeper, I reckon. Okay. Uh, behind commentary, we have an ECW rules sign. Uh, JR, I don't care about that sign. 
King steals the sign. Fan has a second one. As soon as he takes it, there's another one. And King just runs down the ECW. I wonder why. Uh, Calls them all a bunch of misfits and has-beens. Points out that they're in Philly, so let's put them over even more. And then the coup de grace says, you know what? ECW, you can come to Raw next week when we're in New York City. Subtle, but it gets the job done. Oh, and Rocky retains. All right. So uh, next week. Yo. So when we were doing these Monday Night Wars and prepping ourselves and getting ready for this, I forgot that ECW invades in 97. Holy shit, dude. God, I could I forgot all about it. And, and this is the original one. That's this what I'm saying, is yeah. the one where Sabu thinks he could jump off the top of the raw uh entrance thing. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. So- now there is one thing I'm gonna tell you right now. Two things I'm gonna have to tell you right now, live on air, but you know, we'll just you'll it's a part of what we're doing. Two things I'm adding to our uh watch along for the Monday Night Wars uh in June. Jerry Lawler shows up to an ECW event. Uh, yeah, I'm familiar and with I've, that. Yeah. I've added that, and that's going to be a part of it. Another thing is very soon, if they if they haven't already, I think very soon they're going to start to be showing us commercials because the Slammy Awards 1997 are coming up. Who's going to be yeah. Wrestler of the Year? Come back. All that stuff. Um, it's my absolute favorite. Slammy Awards of all time. I have a copy of it. I'm going to be giving you a copy, and it's the night before WrestleMania anyway. So we're going to put that a part of our of our watch along coming up in a couple of weeks because there's just some great moments, uh, just overall with this entire Slammy Awards that you're not going to want to miss. And I know that I don't think you've ever seen it. They don't have it on the network the way that I have. Todd Pettengill opens up with quite a little ditty, so it's it's going to be great. Good old Todd Pettengill. All right. Uh, next we get Goldust with Marlena in a ring with Kevin Kelly. Uh, uh, Goldust says the only way Triple H is going to get to Marlena is over my dead body. Uh, and we actually get a promo from Marlena. I, I don't think we've heard her speak since we've been doing all this. Uh, she starts talking about Goldust's masculinity and manhood. And he uh, she assures us all that he is all man. Uh, Triple H comes to the ring, uh, starts taunting Goldust, throws water at him. Uh, they get into a scrap, and he ends up hitting the pedigree. Marlena gets in the ring, slaps Triple H, uh, and that's when China hits the ring and bear hugs her and shakes the shit out of her. China, you got me bleeding my chest. Ragdoll. <laughs> it was. <laughs> <laughs> but I got the message. <laughs> Lawler, Lawler, that's a woman? Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, and security, you know, does their thing. Yeah. Pull apart, uh, drags her off. So, uh, yeah, we're definitely getting the China treatment here. Um, next, I didn't know that this was a debut either. It's the Headbangers taking on mm-hmm. a job team. The Hardy Boys. Yeah. I did watch because I wanted to see... If uh, they would get any other shit in, they really didn't. It was a squash, but it was no. it was cool to see. It was straight up being skinny squash guys back in the day. You did not ever get offense in. Yep. At best, you get one kick, and then as soon as you go to run up against the rope, you were getting your ass break put back to the <laughs> ground again. And that's what happened. Yep, absolutely. Uh, that we did get a promo uh, from Farouk and the Nation uh, on Ahmed Johnson. They're going to have a Chicago street fight at WrestleMania. So there's that. 
Okay, moving forward. Part two of the world title saga. Uh, <laughs> we get a recap of what happened previously at the start of the show. Uh, Bret Hart doing his uh, best Goldberg impersonation, uh, walking through the entire backstage arena. Uh, well, because it makes it convenient for Austin to attack him. So he doesn't even make it out of the entranceway. Sid magically just appears, uh, and he's there, and he starts fighting too. And then Vince decides to get in the middle, so watching him trying to pull them apart was hilarious. Um, Monsoon starts speaking about Austin's you know, constant interference as of late over the past few weeks, and he says, you know what? We're not like other places. We don't tease you with stuff and not deliver. <laughs> I told you a couple of weeks ago they're going to keep hitting the well soon and starting to shit back at uh, WCW. Yeah. That's because these title matches that you keep getting at the end of the WCW. Tonight we're going to have Giant and uh, Hogan, and then it's always ending in a schmaz. They say that, but now they just went round two with the second fucking schmaz of this thing here. I'm like, what? Yeah. Are you guys now also writing their notes down too? <laughs> Seriously. Uh, and he says, yeah, the match is going to happen tonight. So end part two. Uh, next, we got Flash Funk versus Owen. Neither man can walk, but we're having this match. <laughs> right. They just got to put Austin in the Hannibal Lecter thing, for Christ's sake. Uh, we have Flash Funk versus Owen Hart. Uh, let's see. Uh, Marlena, we're getting an update on her. Uh, this is before they started saying medical facility. Uh, she is coughing up blood, uh, apparently. Um, and then we get a recap of what's been going on between Owen and Bulldog. And then we get Paulie on the phone. They got fucking Paulie on the phone going back and forth with Lawler. Uh, they are going to be at Raw next week. Man, they didn't even bother fucking teasing that. They just went right to it. Um, at one point, uh, Clarence Mason tries to interfere, and Owen gets pissed at him because it kind of backfired. Uh, and Bulldog comes down to the ring, kind of runs down Clarence, tells him to go to the back. Uh, Austin's backstage talking about how he should be champ and he should have the title shot at WrestleMania, and he's got a keg of whoop-ass. Uh, let's see. Bulldog hits Flash with the slammy. Owen gets the win, and this time it's kind of like a role reversal. Owen's pissed off that Bulldog assisted, and Bulldog's playing the role of Owen where he's all excited and he's raising his hand, and it was kind of funny. It, it was role reversal. Not so much. It was more because Bulldog was doing his Owen impression. I thought it was pretty fucking funny. It's He was doing it sarcastically, yes. being like, <laughs> see, I can do this too, but can we just get back to wrestling? I It was brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, it was really good. Because you never see Bulldog be funny no. either, so it was even better. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. Especially Owen funny. Uh, next, we got Triple H versus Bart Gunn. Uh, now Honky Tonk Man is on commentary. Apparently, he got delayed from In Your House. Um Says he has no idea who China is. He took the same ride that Veer takes. <laughs> right. Honky Tonk said something about China, and I'm not sure what it meant. He says she might fit right in Honky Tonk Man's category. Honky Tonk Man's category. I don't know if he was saying that, like, you know, he's been scouting wrestlers and that she would be a good fit, or if that's his kind of woman. I don't know. That was kind of ambiguous, and they never really clarified I'm going it. with the latter. I, I only go off of what I hear, and if you don't clarify it, I'm going to have to make my own assumption. And I think he likes a girl to beat the fuck out of him in the bedroom, is what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, a good way to find out is by calling the Superstar line. Uh, and while you're at it, you can find out about Top Star Negotiations. That's option six. 
Uh, Gold Dust runs in, chases down Triple H through the crowd. If you go to option six, you can find out if Honky Dog Man likes his ass kicked <laughs> by China in the bedroom. <laughs> uh, Triple H gets counted out after he gets run off by Gold Dust. So, easy night's work for Bart Gunn. Uh, we get Dr. James Andrews speaking on HBK's knee issue. So, this is uh, something that we can... T- this. It's cool that they get a legit doctor on to talk about this shit. But it literally, especially knowing everything that happened, it just shoots a hole through the hole. Mm-hmm. I need to get my knee taken care of and I, I may never wrestle again. Like it just because basically Dr. James Andrews completely conflicts what Shawn Michaels says. He's like. Yeah, we're actually not recommending surgery. We'll just do rehab at home and uh, we'll reassess in four weeks or, or four to six weeks. Uh, surgery's not ruled out, but I think he'll be able to wrestle again. Speaking of again. But were they, but hang on, but wait. Did they mention if they're able to correct the smile? Like, were they able to fix that? Or uh, I, mean, I know that he, he hasn't been able to do it for quite some time. He lost it. Like, did they put it like a one ad out or like a, like, on the milk carton, looking for his smile. That's uh, that's not Doctor Andrew's specialty. You got to go to a different doctor oh. for that. Doctor Crentist. I don't know. <laughs> Boo! You, you get the full. Not an office fan, huh? <laughs> no, I am an <laughs> office fan. I had to get a crown done. How long did that take? It an fit. hour. Why are you? So you can't have candy. <laughs> <laughs> they use a new polymer. All right, all right. What else happened? Did we? Did we end up ever getting a fucking title match? Well, we get the hat trick here uh, for realsies this time. Um, yeah, Austin just comes out and uh, works the bad knee. Uh, figure four spot on the post. They said that it's the first time that they've ever seen that. I thought Brett did that to Diesel, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, either way, I love that spot when he does the figure four on the on the post while he's hanging on the outside. Uh, just just a great spot. Uh, yeah, I love it. Uh, I feel like with Diesel, he did the uh, he had his leg wrapped to a cable, which was wrapped to oh, wrapped to a post, that's and he right. did. Okay, I think a figure four, but I don't think he actually did the leg post figure four at that point. Oh, okay. All right, well, yeah, I, I love it either way. Uh, Brett gets a sharpshooter on. Austin headshots Brett and comes in the ring, gets on the apron, and hits him. Oh, but, man, that it was a Hogan chair shot. And I get it. He didn't want to fucking concuss Brett Hart. But still, don't do it then, man, because it looked weak. It was a straight-up Hogan chair shot. Um, And then fucking Sid hits the power bomb and wins the title. I won't add Sid to the list of people that screwed. Now Brett just got screwed by Sid. (laughs) Everyone. Um, Yo, this dude cannot catch a break. Didn't even have the title for a full 24 hours. (laughs) Hey, just like Matt Cardona. Um, So, yeah, so Sid's going to face Taker at WrestleMania, or will he? Uh, Yeah, and then we hear the gong lights flicker. Taker comes in the ring and faces off with Sid. So, yeah, fucking weird. Uh, it's not the only out-of-nowhere title change, though, that we have to deal with tonight. Speaking of, let's move on to Nitro. Uh, starts with NWO coming out of limos, and then 
you hear something, they turn around and Bubba's on the ground incapacitated and they can't see who did it. Um, we'll get back to that as we get to the close of the show because I feel like, you know, I'm sure this, well, I think this will kind of come to light eventually, but they didn't do much to resolve it at all tonight. Uh, our first match of the night, we get Rey Mysterio versus Super Kahlo. Uh, they go back to the lot. Bubba's in a neck brace and on a stretcher getting loaded into the ambulance. Uh, Wall Street says he'll go with them. Uh, so easy night work for them. Uh, and Ray wins. Okay. Something I know you're excited about. Hugh Morris versus, Mo- Never heard of versus Mongo. <laughs> Uh, it's at this point they announced the signers are no longer part of the four-way tag match. They were injured in a car accident, and it seems that the NWO was involved. Uh, and then WCW is going to be taking us to Alcatraz later. They didn't really clarify why. Uh, it's it's for Piper, because apparently Piper's living there for the next week. But we'll get there when we get there. Uh, Debra- seems kind of humorous, but yeah. all right. Ay, Deborah slips the briefcase to Mongo. He uses it, and he gets the win. <laughs> Brett and I went to the same school of jokes, by the way. Yeah, apparently. Uh, Shivani and Zabisco are talking about Hogan versus Piper, and they do a recap of the recent events with some of the most sappiest piano music I've ever heard in my entire life. Wow, they really missed the mark on that one. Uh, we get Dean Malenko versus some random jobber. Um, Malenko, again, cuts a pre-match promo on Six. It's a squash. Six comes out with the mic post-match, wearing his finest jorts. Uh Fucking six says to Dean Malenko, listen here, pal, your old man is dead. What? (laughs) I mean, (laughs) yeah, yeah, but but I mean, it's not exactly a burn, dude. (laughs) Um, All right. So Malenko uh, just chases him to the bag. Uh, We get another tease of Piper at Alcatraz. They use the same shot. Uh, and we get Outsiders and Six. They come to uh, commentary. <laughs> Scott Hall says, oh, you guys are gossiping like a couple of broads. Uh, and I don't know. <laughs> uh, this is where we first hear them refer to uh, the Steiners as the Einsteiners. Love it. Um, they say they have tape of the car accident, which clears them of all wrongdoing which was the dumbest statement they could have made. <laughs> Hall says, a picture is worth a couple of hundred words. And Nash, and Nash goes, sometimes even more. <laughs> Yo, their sarcasm is beyond great. And... It gets better. Oh. Yeah, so Hall ends up flicking the toothpick at Zabisco, and dude, Zabisco backs up like he's ready to take him on to the point where Hall jumps to the floor and takes his shirt off, and the crowd pops, chanting Larry. It was fucking awesome. Um, yeah, it was just great because Larry was literally like, he looked, he posted up. He was ready to go. It was awesome. I love to see it. Yep. Um, next, we get the amazing French Canadians versus Public Enemy. Uh, yeah. He got Harlem Heat, Sherry, and Faces of Fear watching from the crowd, and Pubic Enemy wins. Hooray. All right. Next we get... Did you say... Yeah, you I did. did. Yeah, I, I totally did. Uh, next we get Mean Gene with Diamond Dallas Page. Uh, Diamond Dallas Page rocking the fanny pack. Uh, 
okay. Uh, Gene asks, th- this this whole segment was weird. It was basically Gene trying to get Diamond Dale's page to admit that he's the one that attacked Bubba. And DDP was going out of his way to make it seem like he was lying that he had nothing to do with it. It was really just awkward. It, it was just bad acting. Overly forced. Yes, it was. Absolutely. Uh, DDP was supposed to face Bubba at Super Brawl. And like, oh, I don't know. And he just walks away. Um, next is the WTF segment of the night. Prince Ikea versus Steven Regal for the TV title. Uh, Gene interviews Regal on the ramp briefly. Uh, asks about his match at Super Bowl. Super Brawl against Ray. Regal says Ray won't be five foot four anymore because I'm going to stretch him so much he can be a handrail for the bloody Great Wall of China. <laughs> By far the best line of the entire Monday Night Wars for this yes. week. That was that that took the that was the best. Yeah, and, and I paraphrase that, but it, but you get the gist. It was fucking great. Uh, Ray does come out during the match. Uh, Regal's taunting Ray and fucking gets rolled up and loses the title to Prince Iakea. Teddy Long, Public Enemy, uh, Eddie Guerrero, they all come out to celebrate with him. And this is when I just started thinking about, you know, didn't another Islander just unexpectedly win a title to great fanfare? Didn't that just happen not too long ago? Ooh, 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 pick on me. I, I know it. I know it. I know. Hang on. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. The Rock. <laughs> yeah. Little. No, you're right. It's funny. It's like they had to play off of that. Yeah, well, that's, I never would have caught that, but. And it's funny. The secondary title. Uh, yeah. Okay. Wow. Hmm, interesting. Uh, Regal's probably going to win it back on Saturday night, but, you know, whatever. All right. Heading into hour two. Uh, for. So, Okay. Hour two opens, Nick Patrick versus Randy Anderson. The first thing that I wrote was, dear God, what am I in for? And at first I didn't think it was bad, and then it it was bad. Uh, Anderson's just wearing his ref uniform. Um, The actual official for the match hands Randy something prior to the bell and kind of just gives him, like, the nod. Uh, Looks like brass brass knuckles, but it looked like it was made out of fabric. I I don't know what it was. Uh, He definitely wore it like brass knuckles. Um it was like a plastic version. Of yeah, something weird like that. Like. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, Nick Patrick's you know doing the the stick in the move. He's doing his best, Shane McMahon, pretty much. And Randy Anderson just clocks him and gets the three count. Uh, and then you know everybody's popped. You know everybody's cheering. And then Bischoff comes storming out and says, "What the fuck? What do you think you're doing?" Fires the ref. Says Anderson, "The only thing that you want is a permanent vacation." And Bischoff tries dragging Nick Patrick out of the ring. Okay. Uh, next we get this is another one I had on uh, on VHS because I had the the replay because oh. remember I had to get to this felony yeah and I had the Prince Iakea <laughs> title win and then I also had yeah the referee versus referee and I I solidly remembered that whole thing there and him coming out I'll tell your kids that you're still fired <laughs> <laughs> that's still one of the best. Um, Next, we get Roadblock versus Benoit. Uh, George Steinbrenner's in the crowd. Uh, the, the arena that they're in is named after him, so I guess that makes sense. Uh, and it's a squash. What else do you expect? Let's get to the good stuff here. So uh, apparently we get the video evidence that uh, NWO was talking about, uh, and I don't understand, aside from the part that they're just straight-up liars, why they would say that the video clears them. Basically, it's Hall and Nash in the front <laughs> seat. Uh, six is in the back seat like a good lap boy. 
recording on his camcorder. Uh, they stop to get a drink at a gas station. They see the Steiners getting into their car. Uh, they tail them. They bump the car, and it ends up into a chase. And like you said, the edit was really good. They, they did a pretty clean edit. Uh, yeah, and the car goes careening into a fucking mountain cliff and ends up upside down. And my favorite part of this is after a moment of silence, after the car flips, six. Should, should we stop? <laughs> you hear them go, no, turn the camera off, man. Let's get out of here. So there are so many great lines in this thing. Uh, a lady comes out of the convenience store at the gas station there, and they go, oh, the Steeners. They kept calling them the Steeners. And in, a lady comes out and yells something. You cannot hear what right. it is. It's kind of, yeah. like, incoherent. And Nash just goes, better than you. <laughs> I mean, And they all bust out laughing like it was not supposed to happen, obviously, exactly. like how that part was. Um, and he goes, the Steeners, and he goes, me and my brother, my brother and me. And I was like, oh my God, they are really shitting on him. And then they get to a red light, the Steiners go through it and they go, uh, uh, was that a red light or a full stop there? I don't think it was boys. And then they do an irony. This is a complete stop boys. This is how you do it. You look both ways. And then. They're trying to chase after him. They're like, yeah, let's give him a little tap. Just a little tap. Come on. Hello. Hits him with the car. But one of the funniest things was, uh, you'll never take me alive, Kappa. <laughs> they, they were just saying all this random funny shit to each other. And then, yeah, man, you see Scott out the window, and then you see Rick is driving. The edit was very well done. It was all done in the old school black and white, and it, it looked great. You see it now when you're like, okay, I can clearly see where that edit was, right. but live TV, you're like, what the fuck? I mean, like you just said, oh, this is going to acquit us of anything. Yo, I just watched you commit a fucking felony and possibly kill the Steiner brothers. That's all I just saw. And you insinuated the whole goddamn thing. I don't know. It was awesome. Awesome moment. Raw gave you three championship matches for the same title in one night, but only one match in technical. And you get a felony on Nitro. I Excellent shows by everyone all around, across the board. Good stuff. <laughs> well, don't forget, we still got Super Brawl coming up. What kind of shit show is that going to be? Um, speaking of shit shows, uh, we get Gene on the ramp with uh, Kevin Sullivan, Jacqueline, and Jimmy Hart. Uh, Jacqueline and Woman are going to be connected by a leather strap, leather strap during... Sullivan and Benoit's match at Super Brawl. Uh, and it ends with Jacqueline saying, about that once. Nancy, you have a big fat butt. I don't see the problem with that, but way to go, Jacqueline. Uh, yeah, and then Sullivan takes on another random jobber. Uh, it's a squash, and Jacqueline just hits four elbow drops on the jobber after the match. Just drops four elbows on them. They looked pretty good. I'll give her that. Throwing the basics down. Yep. Hey, man. You know, it's, uh, yeah. If you can get practice on live TV, you know, that's that's a, that's a win-win. Yeah. Win. Uh, next, we get our weekly Gene and the Horseman spot. Uh, they're back together. Gene says it reminds him of the mid '80s. We're gonna have Mongo versus Jeff Jarrett at Super Brawl. Uh, Deborah puts over Jeff Jarrett uh, and says words. Too many of them. Um, and this week it is Benoit's turn for the. 
don't wrap this up, I'll wrap you up. I'm not done. Uh, definitely goes a little long-winded on the promo, but typical stuff. Uh, next, we get Giant uh, in a handicap match versus Top Gun and Johnny Swinger. Meh, it's the night of the jobbers. Uh, choke slams them both and wins. Spray paints Hall on one of their backs and Nash on the other. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, Luger comes in to join them with, I mean, Gene. Luger has his medical clearance and he can tag up with Giant at Super Brawl. Until Bischoff comes out and says, uh, you're 167 hours late. I needed the release by the end of last week's show. Um, and Giant Luger just chase him off to the back. It, you know, it, he ain't lying because he did say that at, in last week's show. He said, before I leave, I got to get on a plane. So I need it before right. I leave. So yep. he ain't lying. Um, Piper's live from Alcatraz. I'm pretty sure Piper said not even Taz does Alcatraz. I don't know if he was referring to actual Taz or like the Tasmanian Devil or some shit. I don't fucking know. Probably that I was gonna say, okay. yeah, probably the cartoon, uh, cartoon uh, character. Piper's gonna stay in that cell for seven days and seven nights. Cuts a, a you know a decent promo, but yeah, something else. And then he starts doing push-ups and sounds like he's having an asthma attack while he's doing it. Uh, <laughs> next, we get Chris Jericho versus yeah, Chris Jericho versus Jeff Jarrett. Uh, we get the announcers let us know that we're past 10 p.m., uh, but they're still gonna go. Uh, we get Deborah at ringside. Mongo comes out asking why she's there. Uh, Jericho heads to the top and Deborah fucking on the stairs. Please, Chris, don't do that. Don't hurt him, y'all. Ugh. Jericho misses. <laughs> Jarrett locks in the figure four, but the ref is still dealing with Deborah. Mongo goes in and he hits Jeff Jarrett with the Halliburton. Jericho gets the pin and Deborah and Mongo argue off. And then it, this is Nitro, so you know how the show ends. It's Hogan and the NWO. Uh, Bischoff marks out for Hogan like Vince does for HBK. Um, and then Sting and Macho come out to the ramp, start making their way to the ring. Macho stops Sting, and they head back. And Hogan mid-promo gets played off by his own music. Not the greatest of endings. Yeah, that was well uh, practiced. They figured that all out ahead of time. Yeah, they... Uh... Well, I'm just going to go out there and wing it and just put my music on when you need to. It doesn't matter. I don't think anybody's listening. It's fine. Right. We do this every week. No one's listening anymore. But yeah, we're heading to Super Bowl. Should be a, a good show. I've never watched it. This will be the first time I've, act- I've actually watched no, Super go. Brawl. Um, I am 100... You are now 100% caught up to where I was. I stopped. I went into a well in advance, okay. as I told you, and I had some time, and I watched all this stuff. Um, this is as far as I was. So now I'm going to be freshly watching with you week to week again. Uh, some of it's just so good, and I'm like, ah, I got to keep going. It's just <laughs> especially like the new Raw stuff with everything going lately. But um, who's going to lose their smile next week? Who's going to win a title? Who's going to drop a title? Who's going to drop the same title, win the title, drop the title, win the title again in the same night at Raw? We'll have to find out what happens to Super Brawl. But that's for next week. This week, let's talk about our top topic. Ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for... Best there is, the best there was, and the best that there ever will be. All two are more. So does rule. Yeah, they do. <laughs> All three, the moss-covered, three-handled family credential. It's me, Austin. Just when they think they got the answers, I change the question.
questions. I did it for the rock. This week's top topic. You know something, Gene? John Cena. Wrestling's not fake. <laughs> the Rolex wearing what? Diamond ring wearing what? Kiss stealing. Woo! Wheeling dealing. What? Limousine right. What? Jet flying. What? Son of a gun. Woo! Sierra Hotel. India. Echo. Lima. Delta. Shield. If you smell. I had the pleasure of speaking with my good friend Josh from Best of the West uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and we ended up recording the conversation. I, I wanted to know some things about how the production side of things are done with wrestling, and it was so good that I figured let's turn this into a top topic, and that we did. But I got to preface something. If it sounds like I'm the one calling into his show, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That, that editing got weird on this. Whatever. Anyway, I want you guys to enjoy this because you guys hear us talk about not only Best of the West. We've talked about Hood Slam. We've talked about Funny Bone. We've talked about Big League Johnny Butabi uh, and all all the great people there. Especially, we, of course, we remember Virgil Flynn III, one of the main reasons that I went to the uh, their first show and hoping they get to have another one of those shows again, you know, another tournament. But obviously the pandemic put a, a stop on that. But I hope you guys enjoy the following conversation with Josh Dutson of Best of the West. This week's top topic is a little bit different than some of our more recent ones, but a familiar voice and uh, promotion that we've talked about many, many times, all the way back from the first time that I visited the Best of the West wrestling promotion uh, in Fresno, seeing the Virgil Flynn Memorial Show and getting to meet a lot of great people who we still talk about on this show that we've been following along with. And today we are looking at a different side of wrestling. We talk about all the top stuff. We talk about the, the top matches, the top uh, moments, events. But there's a lot of things that go into it that we don't, I guess, think about or maybe take for granted. And the more that I've gotten to work with uh, our person that we're interviewing with today, I, I've had a, a deeper admiration for everything that goes into the wrestling business, especially on the back end. So today we're going to be talking about the production of the best of the West. And joining us today is my good friend, Josh. What's up, man? No, nothing much, man. How are you doing? Hey, cannot complain. I, uh, I'm, you know, freezing on the East coast. How are things over there in oh, sunny California right now? It is a, uh, Today was a balmy 66 degrees. <laughs> I needed a hoodie. That's fair. Yeah. Well, well, I'm excited to talk to you today because, like I said, you know, you and I hit it off right away. We became uh, good friends because of the, not only just obviously the, the wrestling aspect, but the, I, you know, I, you and I talk. I went to school doing uh, some video production background, and obviously being a musician, there's a lot of a lot of editing things that we've had in common and you taught me a lot of things when I was there uh, back in man, shit, the pandemic. That's how long back this was, but all the way back in 2020 and I learned a lot of fun things along the way. And, but today, one of the first things I wanted to talk with you about is 
the production of a show. I mean, anyone, you know, we all go to live events, whether it's the big time promotions that we see on TV or if it's the indie shows that we uh, get the chance to go to locally. My question is, you know, what are some of the things that you guys deal with in the production side of things when it comes to live production, you know, things that you're doing behind the scene, not just what's in the ring and what people are seeing. What's some of the things that you're doing production there? And then what's some of the post-production that you're doing? Cause I know that you produced this on YouTube and was there another outlet that you guys put it on another app or, or was I mistaken? Um, there, well, in the, in the before times before I became head of production, uh, we used to be on Twitch and Amazon Prime and Fight TV. Twitch is what I was thinking. Of. Yeah, there it is. Okay. You know, <laughs> we, we were all over the place, but the problem is, is that um, you're putting your eggs in too many baskets. And so there are too many, like, realistically, if I were to continue update, uh, uploading our content to all of those different services, it would take me two days and various different up uploading methods. Because I know with Amazon Prime, you have to have actually... Um, upload to an FTP server and the same thing with like uh, Fight TV or I think the Pro Wrestling Network. I don't know if they're still around anymore. That's how long ago it was. But for us, you really focus on YouTube is is a lot easier uh, just because that way I don't have to worry about, oh, you know, is is the Twitch video up to date? Did I do the description on this? Did I do the description on this one? All right. You know, it's it's I can focus more on one outlet and try and monetize that one. I love paying attention to everything on YouTube. I, I, you know, I, I text you all the time. I'm like, I can't believe this just happened. And you know that I'm, you know, as soon as you're pumping them out, I'm watching them. And I know that oh, yeah. just recently you've been putting out a lot of great content, but yeah, let's talk about the production side of things. What is it like the day of the show? Um, what is it that you have to do to make sure it's ready to go so that you're able to do the post-production stuff, but also make sure that it's a, a great live event. Well, for me, um, I mean, <laughs> I wear, <clears throat> excuse me, I wear a lot of hats at Best of the West, but my main one is production. Uh, I usually show up at about, if, if a show starts at, if the doors open at 530, I'm usually at our venue by, I want to say noon, maybe 11, if, if I don't have anything else going on that day. And I'll show up, I'll start to make sure that all, because... Um, I do the video end of things and I have somebody that I have a lighting person that sits next to me with a lighting board. So he does all of the, the lighting effects. And I, that day, um, my responsibilities are the video or the camera guys and uh, sound and our video wall that we have above our entranceway. Uh, I will show up, uh, take care of a lot of, you know, just basically business owner stuff. Cause that's what I am. I empty the garbage, uh, make sure the, you know, there's a ticket box ready, raffle tickets are ready. Uh, concessions is looking fine and then once students are training students start rolling in then I move to doing what I need to do I start loading up the entrance videos because I have a computer that is hooked up to a large rear projection screen and so for most of our uh, talent that we have we have made uh, entrance videos like titantrons basically you know what I mean I don't know what we would call it uh, for best of the west because it's not really a tv but still um, the entrance you know, video which is it's funny because I absolutely, one that we talked about here on our show was, um, and you may have to remind me his name, but he is a, a tremendous knockoff of Sid, Psycho Sid. Oh, okay. So so the beloved Brutal Rob Hands. Yeah, uh, and the video yeah. that you made. 
Uh, I I actually didn't make that. To be fair, I had that made from our camera guy, Chris, but I gave him the idea. I was like, look, I don't know how hard it's going to be for you, but I just need his face on Sid's entrance video. Just, Just get Sid's entrance video and just put his face on it. And it worked beautifully, and I we didn't need to do anything else because it was that simple. It's um, so funny because it looks like one of those old uh, emails that people would give you with like that person's picture over it, and it's like almost just like you knew it didn't fit there the right way. And it's hysterical seeing his body or his face body slamming Shawn Michaels back as well. Oh, series, it's, 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 just, it's hysterical. <laughs> well, that's the thing is that like with with certain wrestlers, you know that they don't take themselves seriously. And I didn't even I didn't even run it by uh, Brutal Rob. I didn't say, hey, man, this is an idea I have. What do you think? I just made it. And then on his show, on the on a show day that he was booked on, he came in. I was like, dude, I have something so fucking awesome to show you. Sorry, I just cursed, but whatever. Oh, no, uh, no, we do. You're good. All right, no. <laughs> so I was like, dude, I have something so fucking awesome to show you. All. What is it? And I pointed it. I was like, here. Uh, our one of our camera guys before I had gotten really good at video editing when I was still learning, I knew he could make it. So I was like, here, can you just make this? And he was like, yeah, I got you. So our camera guy, Chris, put it together and I put it on the screen and he just started la- uh, brutal. Rob just started laughing. He's like, this is amazing. I love this. He's like, can I get a copy of it? Because everywhere <laughs> I go, if they have a video screen or something, I want this to play when I come out. And I'm like, dude, I got you covered. And and I gave him a copy of it, and he loved it. Um, you know, for, like for for right now though, Brutal Rob is uh, taking a hiatus from wrestling. I hope to, I hope to see him uh, back really soon because I, I do love the hell out of him. He's he's a great guy to be around. He he was amazing, and I say if I'm not mistaken, I think he won the uh, Cannonball Battle Royal that night too. When I was he did. so he did he, Yeah, I, I loved him. He was, he was awesome. Uh, but yeah, sorry, we got sidetracked there. So that's no, one fine, of the things man. you're doing. No, you're you're gearing up your yeah. uh, uh, making playlists. Yep. Yeah, as soon as, as and and then for out of town wrestlers that we we don't have uh, videos for, uh, I have to wait for them to show up because then they have to tell me what their music is, and you know they have to go. Yep, this is this is my song. Can you find it? Or it's a oh you know can you go download it off YouTube? Or oh do you have an email <laughs> so I can send it to you? It's not on YouTube or Spotify. And it's like, why am I even paying for Spotify premium if, you know, your entrance songs aren't on Spotify, but whatever, you know. So um, knowing they're coming to a show, some of them don't think in advance to send you this stuff. That's just me. I feel like I would want to. Like, well, don't forget my music, man. <laughs> to be fair, in, in their defense, a, a, a lot of we, we use a lot of up and coming new talent as well as a lot of veteran talent. And the, the, the new talent, you know, it, it takes them a couple times to realize, oh, shit, I should be prepared for this. I, I need to bring a USB That's drive. Fair. And the guys that do, I appreciate them because all I do is I just put the USB drive in my computer, rip off, take their song off and give it back. I'm like, thank you. But nice. while, while I'm making the playlist, I, I have to wait for the final match card to get made. So because I'm, I'm really old school about things. I don't make like text documents. I write everything down by hand. So I can easily look down and see it instead of having to open up a word file or look at uh, my computer screen because my computer screen is mainly taken up by vmix and Spotify with playlists and videos queued up and ready to go. Um, you know, so once I get the music and everything situated and I have the card written out, I start to write down whose music is what if they're if I don't have a video for them. Uh, and then from there, once that's settled in, I'm pretty well. And then our camera guys show up. 
Um, I give them the memory cards. Uh, they have they get their batteries charged. And for me, for this kind of comes into play later on, but it's really imperative that both of my camera guys and my my stationary hard camera get started roughly around the same time. They start they have to start recording within like, I don't know, three minutes of each other because it's just easier that way for me to line it up post editing. The continuity, yes, absolutely. Yes. So that yes. you're not finding where if you turn from one camera to another where that chop left off. I 100% agree. Yeah, and and not to mention the the, the way I instruct my cameramen to to record our, our shows is once you hit record, don't stop till intermission. Do not stop because that makes my job harder in the long run because I have to go through and find each individual because I'm editing three different video tracks and three different audio tracks. If they're all, if I can get them all to be lined up at the beginning, they're all going to be lined up at the end. So, because they're not stopping and everything's recording at the same frame rate, the same, um, you know, like everything, everything is the same setting. So it will all pan out across the board. Um, if people, if camera guys start and stop our recordings, which has happened from camera guy, like when we have to draft a camera person that isn't used to doing it and I have to give them like a crash course you know, in 20 minutes on how I want them to record this wrestling show that they've never recorded anything before in their life. Uh, it's it's kind of intimidating. And sometimes they will pause the recording and wait for the ring announcer to say, you know, who's coming out next. And then they'll start recording at the entrance. And it's like, no, I just completely missed everything the ring announcer said. Yeah. Please, you know, and, and there have been surprises when I've been editing video in Adobe Premiere and suddenly I go to switch cameras and the camera angle that I switched to is at a completely different part in the match when I was at previously. And, and that's because they either stopped recording or the battery ran out. And so the, all the other thing is too, is that in intermission, we switch out batteries, no matter what at intermission, you know, both, both Mark. roaming cameras get new batteries that way uh, in match six out of eight, there isn't a gap because, you know, a bag, a camera died. So as I try and make it to where no accidents will happen in either half of our show, either the first half or the second half. And um, yeah, it's, it's kind of making everything. Uh, damn it. Odorous. It's, it's trying. Uh, it's basically making everything is as foolproof as possible because at the end of the day, I'm the one that has to edit all of it. And if I go to edit everything and it's a jumbled mess, I just throw my hands up and you know, get frustrated and leave and leave it alone for two months and then come back to it. Now, how, so you know, with the post-production side of things, how yes. far uh, in advance, let's say when you're completely caught up and you're where you want to be, let's say you had a show this coming Saturday night, just, you know, for instance, yes. how far back is YouTube compared to that show? Is it caught up right when that show happens? Um, unfortunately, uh, because I, what I did after a show, we're going to jump back for a sec. After every show, I get all the memory cards from my cameraman and my stationary hard cam. I put them in my computer. I transfer all the data over that night. And in an ideal situation, I, uh, I, well, then I also get the commentary, uh, memory card from our amazing commentator, uh, AJ Kirsch, uh, plug, plug, Joseph Joe Brody. Oh yeah. And then, uh, then the next day. If I if my day looks pretty light, 
I would grab all three uh, memory cards or all three, uh, everything would be organized. Like there'd be Roman camera one folder, Roman camera two folder, hard cam folder and a commentary track folder. And so the, the, that process in itself to just get everything ready to be, uh, to be edited takes a, probably about, I want to say three and a half hours because just to make sure I have everything lined up. I have to take the raw footage that comes out of my cameras and run them through Sony Vegas. So they are all the same uh, resolution, all the same frame rate. Everything is the same, just in case. Uh, because for some reason, uh, Adobe Premiere doesn't like it when I just put random camera, uh, the not random, the raw camera files, like the .mts files into it to start editing it. And eventually the audio will become lagged back from the video and there's just no way to fix it. So until Adobe, you know, comes out with a fix or maybe there's a setting I have wrong, I just didn't have time to look into it. So I figured if I run everything through like Handbrake or uh, Sony Vegas, then I can put it into Adobe Premiere and start editing it. Once I start editing it, I actually, I line everything up and in a perfect world that takes about 10 minutes to line up. Uh, from the beginning of our show to the beginning of intermission. And from there, I have to then um, I have to then render each individual camera uh, camera angle. So that takes about 15 minutes uh, per camera angle because there's not a whole lot of effects or modifications going on. So Adobe doesn't really have to do much to it. It just renders it as its own file, but because I'm lining everything up, sometimes there might be, uh, you know, uh, 10 seconds of black on one camera, but the hard cam looks good. So we can just start with hard cam, but because of that's how that is, I just line everything up that way. From there, then I reload everything back into Adobe Premiere, and then I have to set up multi-camera editing, and then I just have to watch our show. But editing like an hour and a half show actually takes twice as long because you if you miss a move at the right angle or if you miss something that was imperative to that match you have to go back and then try and time the camera switch so you can get the angle or the event that you want to capture and make it look good from there it's it's a literally a multi-step process from there i like to render everything so so all the camera angles are switched and then it becomes from from multiple audio tracks it is now one audio track everything is flat the crowd is nice and loud everything's good then once i get there then i bring in the commentary track so i can line up commentary with the audio and then i pipe down the crowd noise so that the audio is is more uh the the commentary audio is, you can hear that better and i might bump up the commentary audio a little bit and then i start adding name uh, name plates or lower thirds to um to what that is you know to our video so like uh you know if, if kenny k comes out for example there'll be an animation that says kenny k or um or you know uh possibly even like sponsorship names or you know, stuff like that and then i add then i add in our intro video i do our transitions i add promos in and then i render that and that is when it takes a while because because of all the uh, effects and all that stuff that I did, it takes an incredibly long time to render all of that into the video. Then I take the audio track from that rendered video <laughs> and then I put it through a program called Levelator, which levels out, it takes away all the peaks basically and it levels out all the audio. So there isn't like pop, pop, you know, and, and it doesn't sound like 
like crap. And then I take that audio track, put it back into Adobe Premiere on top of the video track, making sure everything lines up. And then I render it again and then it's done. And then it's I can funny you it. say those those pop pop sounds. Man, yeah. could that have been used back in the old days of ECW? Oh God, <laughs> tell me about it. Jeez. You know, they they had never heard of windscreens, apparently, in ECW. It's like, no, we're gonna set tables on fire, but we don't have money for windscreens. You know, we, we can't as much as you them. could in the mic, too. Yes. Oh, well, the thing is, we might be getting off track, but I mean, watch any John Tenta promo. It's just like a great shouty fat guy promo from the 80s. And that's, I mean, those were amazing, especially when he's in the Dungeon of Doom. Like that was, uh, that was peak Tenta, as far as I'm concerned, as was when he was the shark. Oh, yeah. We love some good Dungeon of Doom talk on here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could talk about Dungeon of Doom for days. Hell, I could talk about all the, the gimmicks that, uh, that, you know, Brutus Beefcake had. I mean, I think it was like, what, like 14 of them? Yeah, I actually offered to ODM. I think we eventually we're going to have to do one of our top topics is just the character brandings of just Brutus Beefcake. Oh, Brutus yeah. a fucking barber. <laughs> oh, and, and I mean, you know, from, from Brother Brudai uh, to, oh, Dizzy Hogan to uh, the man with no name and the butcher or the booty like man. The man with no name. Yeah, booty man, <laughs> Zodiac. The Disciple, which was fucking nuts. I had no idea he was the Disciple, like, up until, like, six years ago. And I'm like, wait. He was the... F- what? There's no way that I Bruce knew it was him because was only because Warrior had it out for Disciple when Warrior came over to WCW at the time. So I think that was kind of something that was a... Uh, it made me realize it was him. But until then, no. Most people didn't know. Yeah. So I, yes, yes, we got sidetracked there. Yeah. No. Um, I'll, I'll talk, again, I don't care. I'll talk about Dungeon of Doom and shitty WCW for hours on end. It's my so favorite. We're going through WCW. the Monday Night Wars as we speak. Oh no, no, no! See, that's the thing: is the best WCW is the stuff before that, like White Castle of Fear and and uh, the the beach thing with Sting on and British Bulldog playing volleyball, and there was a midget with a bomb and a shark fin. Like that's the good shit. But. uh <laughs> No, like, I mean, it's, it, it takes, it, if I really, if I don't get distracted, because, you know, I like to say my superpower is ADD, but it's like a blessing and a curse, because once I become laser focused, it's awesome. But at the same time, I get easily distracted. Like, so I could be watching a match and live editing it. And suddenly it's like, hmm, wonder what's, I'm, I'm hungry. I'm going to go get something to eat. And then half an hour later, I get back to what I'm doing. You know, instead of just going to make a sandwich real quick and then getting back to it. Or I get distracted with like, oh, it's yeah, I'm gonna watch a YouTube video real quick. I'm gonna take a break from this. But if I if I really put my mind to it, I could probably finish a four hour show and break that up into you know, I'd say three and a half hours really, three between three and a three and a half hours total. And uh, I could break that up into four shows in a day and then upload everything, have to deal with copyright claims and muting audio and writing descriptions and making playlists and yeah that would make sense as to why when uh i was just recently watching funny bone versus johnny butabi uh the song cut out with the lyrics to rob zombie that makes sense that 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 would make sense now (laughs) i i i will say this now i love funny bone to death he frightens the shit out of me i don't know his i don't know what his name is other than funny bone um 
every time I talk to him, it's the same voice, and it usually is just, Bleh. but that's how it starts, and then he talks, but still with that voice. But like, I love him to death, and I have to preface all of that with, I need to make my ducats on YouTube ad revenue. And if I have to mute his song so I can do that, or anyone's song for that matter, I'm going to. And well, I've, I've been seeing he's pushing for it to get. Yes, it. <laughs> yes, and I and I honestly think that him seeing that his audio is mute, like some of his entrance is muted because of that. I think that's what's pushing it. And Bone, I love you to death, bro. I do, but I got to make my eighty-seven cents off these views, man. Hey, man, I, um, I, yeah. every cent counts. We get it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like, I mean, we're we're to the point now to where our you know YouTube revenue, and I, it took me forever to sort out. My complaint with YouTube and, and a lot of these actual video services and streaming services is there isn't a whole lot of customer support that you can talk to somebody uh, available to content uh, creators. Um, yeah, we've dealt with that on the podcast yes, side too. Yes. Yep. Yeah. With, with like, for an example, YouTube, there's no number I can call. And I mean, I, I, I'm old. I get it. I'm used to customer service numbers. But fuck, if I can't find a chat service, and all I can find are like, here's what you want to do, but it doesn't answer my goddamn question. Like, but eventually I figured it out. I had some help uh, with with an associate, but we figured out how to monetize our videos again. And so far things have been great, but it's just dealing with YouTube's content, you know, creation tools is in itself a pain in the ass. Um, not like they try to make try to make it drag and drop, but it's just not as intuitive as I would like it. Not to mention they can find no copyright claims in your video. And one of the tricks, honestly, that I that I had learned is actually to, you know, it's the reason why I lower the crowd volume audio tracks over the commentary, because commentary doesn't pick up the entrance songs as well as the cameras. So if I lower the camera volume, um, I might just skirt by uh, YouTube's um, copyright uh, software. And wow. so far, like sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. It's, it's kind of hit or miss. And I'm, I mean, there's um, Funny Bone uses House of a Thousand Corpses by Rob Zombie. There isn't a comparable free license song for that. So, you know, I, I hope uh, Funny Bone uh, gets Rob Zombie's permission to use it because then all he needs to do is provide me with a copy of Rob Zombie's record label saying that uh, Funny Bone has permission to use it. And I just provide that to YouTube and boop, copyright claims go away. So now he is no longer muted. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Well, at, well, at that point, if if he gets approved by right. Mr. Zombie, you know, but and I'm hoping he does. Because I mean, so I'm not gonna lie, man. House of Thousand Corpses is a banger and it's really slept on. Oh god, dude. You and I have talked about that before. I'm a very big fan of a lot of zombie stuff. Yeah. Um when actually, it makes sense. In, Yes, well, I'll give you that. Yes, there are a couple that you're like, I don't. He just had to make something for his wife. So, yeah. um, when you know, in transition here. Yes. Speaking of Funny Bone, and I did mention Johnny Gutabi. I oh, want to yeah. get people uh, in familiarity as to what I've been seeing here on YouTube. Now, it's funny because the last show that I attended at the Best of the West was right before the pandemic went full-time and you guys had to unfortunately stop shows and it's yes. awesome because funny bone popped out of a, of a casket and yes i i remember you getting it and you telling me the casket and everything and i just didn't know what it was going to happen it was awesome 
But obviously all that went on hold. And now I'm seeing we have a new champion in big league, Johnny Gutabi, but he is partnered up with, is he the commissioner? Yes. He is. Okay. And that's Alexander G. Bernard. And I, I told you in a text, he has the demeanor of a guy you want to punch. And that means he's doing his job as a, as a heel manager and commissioner, the whole, everything, just the whole storyline with them. And, and, but the, the broken beer bottle saga is returning (laughs) and I'm loving this. So shed some light on this feud and what's been going on lately. Well, I have to say that first of all, with AGB, no matter how much of a dick he is. And I actually, I had to wrestle AGB and he kicked me in the dick and uh fuck him but you know even though i run production he is still the commissioner he does oversee things um and you know he's he's a he's a good guy but he reminds me so much of a character that jackie gleason would portray oh that that it's it it almost i'm like oh this is amazing and 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 everything that he does is pure just gold it doesn't matter I mean, we, we, uh, just to touch on it, we, we made him an amnesiac. He got hit in the head with something last year and he became an amnesiac. And he was just like, he was out helping the homeless and like working soup kitchens and shit. And it was, oh it was, God. it was funny. It was so funny. But, uh, and, and, and you know, and to, to add to that, I was going to bring this up anyway, but I might as well say it. You say, like, you know, it, it's funny. You guys don't just, you know, produce wrestling. You guys produce entertainment. And, you know, I said that you guys were on hold during the pandemic. Two of my favorite things during the entire pandemic while people were down. I thought, you know, between WWE and AEW, I thought AEW did decent. You guys yeah. produced the quarantine show, which was hysterical to watch. And oh. then my favorite was the social distancing 15 minute saga. Yeah. Um, I mean, everything from the law and order beginning to the ever, I mean, just everything. It was just phenomenal. You guys do excellent character work. So you just saying that about AGB, I'm like, Oh, I missed out on some really great stuff. That's awesome. Oh, it's, but the thing is, is a lot of our ideas with uh, Alexander G Bernard come from him. And and he and he runs it by us. I'm like, absolutely, absolutely. That's amazing. <laughs> it's it's just like with when when I know something for me because I used to do stand up comedy and I had a comedy podcast. Neither one of neither I, I do neither one of those things anymore. But I have really good comedic timing and I know when something is funny. And so when I know you can be funny in a situation, I am going to completely ask that if it makes sense, do something silly. Uh, but it has to make sense. Like it, an example with the quarantine show, um, just the beginning, like when we were editing everything and figuring out what we wanted to do while well, we have brutal Rob hands in a, in a quote unquote bunker, you know, complaining about eating uh, stale pizza and, and old Coors light. Uh, I thought it would just be really funny to just have, you know, uh, just have people, kind of fading in and out of the background uh, of while he's talking. And there's like images of people fighting each other over toilet paper and like, you know, people walking around in biohazard masks and everything. Like, and it was just silly. And and the whole- It was hysterical. 
we had a toilet paper on a pole match. Like one of the commentators <laughs> uh, said, you know, we don't, uh, you know, we don't shake hands in the wasteland because he, he was a wastelander. And the other commentator goes, oh, well, well, why is that? And he goes, well, it's because in the wasteland, we don't have toilet paper. And uh, he goes, oh, I, I shook your hand. Oh, I'm going to get some Purell now. And the other commentator goes, oh, you have Purell? No, I don't have Purell. I didn't say that. And that's that's a funny interaction. Like I I had the most fun editing together um, the quarantine because it, wrestlers didn't come out of the entranceway. They came out of the stands like the price is right because we had no fans. And and everything was hilarious. And they were the ones cheering with each other too. Yes. It was awesome. Oh yeah, dude. I I and and that was the great thing about it is that we all just it it was literally just us getting together, having fun, having matches and recording them. And we tried to do it a couple other times, but it just it didn't have the same magic, so I just figured, well, I'm going to leave that as is. I'm not going to try and make another one. I'm not going to try and recapture that magic in a bottle again because that was just exactly. pure pure ridiculousness. So uh, obviously everyone, yeah. please check that out. L- watch the quarantine show. It was obviously well produced by the man you're listening to right now. Yeah. Um, um, the with, other thing, uh, real Futabi quick. The other, in, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, hold on, real quick with the other thing. Once we had, uh, the another thing, I had a lot of fun editing, and it's good when like for anybody that does video editing out there, enjoy what you're editing because if you do, it's going to come out a lot better. Um, we had a return video that we had to make. Uh, because we were coming out of quarantine, we realized, oh, we can start having shows again. If people can be 150, 200 deep in a bar getting drunk, then we could probably have a wrestling show. And I made a video of we're coming, like uh, that we're coming back, but it was like really like artsy and completely different than everything that we air. But it was, it was kind of like weirdly like satisfying, you know, because it went through the process of, of seeing, you know, and I kind of did like a weird homage to ECW with, with the, uh, with our, because we're also on a street corner and the uh, ECW arena is, was on the corner of Swanson and Rittner. Our venue is on the corner of um, Fountain Way and Duke. So, so I, I started with a shot of that and then started just going through our building and there was nobody in the building. It was just me. And I would record, um, the locker room, but I would, I would have, I would put crowd into like people chattering in the locker room, or um, I would take a still image or that still image. I would record footage of uh, our, the raffle tickets and with our ring announcer saying, don't forget to get those raffle tickets, you know, or, or whatever, like popcorn noises on our popcorn machine, stuff like that. Uh, the headphones that our commentators use uh, them to with commentary back in, which was awesome. I well, loved it. it. It, it showed it for me. I try to convey that, you know, for the last year and a half, this building that was so lively was empty. And, and it all started that, and even before all that started, it, it, I had it start with a match from our one of our shows. And then it started to zoom out to a TV. And then it switched to, um, you know, news footage of, the uh, you know the pandemic starting to happen and reports mm-hmm. of a disease coming out of China and all this and then switch back to more of our shows then switch back again to the World Health Organization talking about we're now in a pandemic and then switching back to a clip from our quarantine show with you know uh, Mike Rain saying oh things are getting wild out there I hope everyone's staying safe then switching back to 
you know, not death tolls. I didn't want to be, you know, grim or anything, but just showing that the world had shut down. And then it started showing with our empty venue and how it used to be lively. But then it goes to showing match footage again and really neat, like, you know, really neat, interesting match footage of stuff that, that a lot of people hadn't seen before. And, um, and then suddenly yeah, we, we made the announcement that we're coming back and we got such a huge reaction just over that alone. You know, I'm like, well, great. Yeah. I'm glad to see that me trying to tell a very weird story with an announcement video actually got such a huge, uh, a huge response. And I mean, it was nice. And, and by the way, yes, you guys have had a packed house pretty much almost every show, right? If I'm oh, not yeah. mistaken, every time you guys have been back, I, I keep seeing pictures and it, it looks like it's standing room by the end of the night. Yeah. Uh, and then one of the things that we are actually talking about on the business side of things is moving to a larger building to where we can fit, you know, four to 500 people instead of the 150 to 200 we're at right now, because there are times when people buy front row tickets and they show up late and their seat isn't available anymore because some person bought a front row ticket at the door. Uh, so to alleviate that, we only sell front row tickets online now and we set it to a specific number. And if, and if somebody wants to upgrade, they have to wait until all like, you know, halfway through the show. And then if somebody didn't show up, then they can, you know, upgrade their ticket and then sit in front row. But it's it's uh, getting to the point now to where we're like turning people away at the door, you know, or or we run out of chairs. You know, we we probably I have. Am extremely glad that I messaged Mike when I did trying to meet with you guys just to you know when I was beginning the podcast, learn about Virgil Flynn and everything, and yeah, being front row for that show. Legitimately, this is not blowing smoke up your guys' ass. I said it to you a hundred times. Asked independent show local show that i had ever been to and obviously with the love in the room that there was for that's Flint, yeah right, that's course, that's what i was but, going to say that's but the following I, I that's show i went to yeah 100 percent. the following show though still had the the crowd yeah the, everybody is into it it's a very awesome local crowd i mean you have the what is it the, the twins or the trios that, oh the triplets always sit. yeah yeah, yeah. They sit, oh. they sit front row all the time man like you have a very awesome crowd i got to meet a lot of great people through there uh both fans wrestlers everybody backstage i mean uh some of the people that i've met it, actually a couple of them that i met you know i, I actually just mentioned you know johnny butabi he's someone I, i've been enjoying watching i got to watch him there i got to watch him at um, I think it was at one of the California. Uh, oh yeah, the CWA ones, shows. But, yeah, California Wrestling yeah. Association. Yeah, uh, they are yep. a, a and, sister. Uh, the great thing about like, and, and not to blow smoke up my own ass, not to cut you off, I'm sorry, but a lot of wrestling companies don't work with each other all that often because they see each other's competition. The great thing about Best of the West is that we like to work with other wrestling promotions because it offers other fans to get to know us. It offers us to get to know other fans and it, it introduces our fans to a new product because we had a uh, a best of the west versus east bay pro wrestling show in our building east bay east bay pro is up in the bay area and we're in central california but by doing that int it introduced our crowd to to their wrestlers and their product and in turn we did a east bay pro wrestling versus best of the west wrestling show at their venue uh in in the bay area and that introduced a lot of their fans to our product and and 
if it makes sense, we'll work with a lot of different wrestling promotions. We're doing a show with FSW out of uh, Las Vegas in February. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, it's called, uh, aptly enough, it's called When Worlds Collide. Actually, uh, I believe uh, FSW is one of the promotions I've watched a couple of Funny Bone matches on there as well. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I, I, that's why I'm familiar with them as well. And it's funny you mentioned you guys working with other promotions. The other big promotion I wanted to talk about with you is something you introduced me to that I had very little clue about, which to me is unfortunate because I'm going to go ahead and assume a lot of people from the East Coast where I'm from don't know anything about Hood Slam. And (laughs) it's not just what the environment is of Hood Slam, but the people you guys are all watching on TV weekly, there are so many people who came from there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I want you to shed light on that because I mean these are people that you work with on a consistent basis. And I, I couldn't even describe Hood Slam in the right way if I wanted to. So please. In the floor. Uh, well, <clears throat> first of all, all the credit for Hood Slam's success is definitely due to um, a lot of different people working together to do something that they thought was funny. Like from, and, and I, to be fair, I had no part in it. I, I came along and found Hood Slam years after it had been formed, but all of the credit goes to Dark Sheik. You can see her on a lot of GCW shows lately. Um, we interviewed her actually in yeah. uh, only maybe about a month after uh, we did our interview with you. And yeah, dude, yeah. It, yes, she was just on the, the most recent GCW Hammerstein show. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I mean, she's, she's tearing it up all over the place and hood to, to describe hood slam is basically like from, so their motto is don't bring your fucking kids. Cause it's not a wrestling show for kids. <laughs> um, it is, I, I mean, under proper circumstances, uh, you have, I mean, marijuana, like, like weeds just smoked in the crowd. It doesn't matter. Like it's whatever fucking who cares. It's Oakland. Like Hood Slam could not be made on the on the East Coast because of the culture of not only just the West Coast um, Bay Area culture in in Hood Slam, but also the Northern California wrestling culture, indie wrestling culture in itself is is how Hood Slam came to be. A lot of the people in Hood Slam have known each other for years. Like they're all really great, great friends. Like Mike Rain has been in Hood Slam since the beginning. Uh, Johnny Butabi, from my understanding, since the beginning, like there's a lot of people that that proudly carry that torch, and I think it's awesome because, like, they will have like before before New Jack passed away, there was a wrestler called Pooh Jack. He came out in a Winnie the Pooh onesie in a garbage can <laughs> with weapons and VH like Disney VHS tapes. And like he and and he had like the NWA shirts like New Jack would have and the sleeves were frayed and he just and he would come out to natural born killers doing the X or whatever. And it was just hilarious. Like Hood Slam doesn't take itself seriously in any way, shape or form. Like, at oh, all. man, one of but, my favorite matches I recently watched was the yeah. GTA versus Red Dead Redemption. Everybody yeah. was in character. I mean, mm-hmm. you guys have. Well, don't say ones. you guys. I'm not involved in it. Say they. Well, I'm sorry. I, I don't want to take right. credit for it. Hood slam. Well, I, you guys on the West Coast know how to have a good time. Is what I'm saying. There we go. Okay, <laughs> I, I will definitely agree to that. Uh, and it's and honestly, I don't know if it's because of the legalities of things and what we can do out here. But 
it's it's not as i mean a lot of wrestling promotions do take themselves seriously but the way like the way i operate best of the west is best of the west is just a modern take on classic studio wrestling with a little bit of silliness thrown in because like i love jim Cornette to death and he says funny you know he says like he used to say that funny doesn't make money but now he understands that funny makes money under the right circumstances and when it's done properly yep and I feel that if we do it properly, then we're good. And at the end of the day, if I find it funny and it's entertaining, I bet other people will find it funny and entertaining, you know? So, so the, the, like I said, the entrance video with, with brutal Rob or, or, uh, you know, AGB and the amnesiac thing, or just, just any silliness is usually a, a combination of my idea and, and my partner's idea. And it's just, it's just funny. It's just really funny that way, how we can bounce. And it's good to have somebody that you can bounce ideas off of um, because as a, Hey, do you think this would be funny? And he, and he's either going to go, yes, that is hilarious. And I know he, I know, you know, the person that you want to do it can do it. They can pull it off or I'll be like, no, don't know if that makes sense. And I do the same thing for him. And, and it's, it's great. I love West coast wrestling. I've been to numerous, west coast shows i've you know as sad as this sounds i've never made it out to the east coast uh and i've never been to a whole lot of other independent wrestling shows like i really just became a fan of wrestling again after going to a metal festival and seeing nxt there back when like samoa joe and finn balor and when enzo and Cass were still in nxt is when i saw them again but when i when i was like you know what this is really fun and then through happenstance, Best of the West was was made, uh, not with my help, but I went started going to their independent shows, became a fan, found out they're opening a school, trained to wrestle, had matches, and now now I run production. It's like a lot safer for my body. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, you guys may remember on our show, I did you know take a bump from Josh here, and yeah, I'm not made for that. That's not for my body. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah no, it's, you know, I was mentioning with hood slam so i'm about to blank on some of them but first i do want to say yes uh so we have i know that you have handsome devil anthony rivera we've been seeing yes. him on impact of security with jonah which oh is yeah awesome. you know, yeah i try to follow everybody everywhere that they go um but shakti blackheart is from hood slam uh she it, was trained right? as, yes she she was she is from hood slam hood slam uh, has a training school that's that's kind of attached to it called Stoner University. It is run by the Stoner Brothers, a giant. We talk pair about of them here. Yes, yeah, giant. Yeah, you already know. So they are the trainers, as well as Anton Voorhees. I believe he is also one of the trainers there. So, or he helps out. I'm not, you know, I'm not too too sure on the specifics, but I think I think he does he does train there. He'll probably send me a message and yell at me. Um, but you know, they provide. Uh, training for students that want to learn in the Bay Area, and they produced Shotzi Blackheart. They produced uh, Mansoor, or as we knew him, Manny Faberino. Uh, you oh know, wow! They, yeah, yeah, yeah. They that's where he he started. We we booked Mansoor. Uh, we had him at Best of the West for probably about a year, and then he said, "Hey, I can't do any more shows for you guys. I can't say why, but I just can't do any more shows." And then it turns out he got signed. So, so WWE I mean, didn't find him when they went overseas, huh? All right, no, yeah. I'm sorry to <laughs> I'm sorry to break kayfabe like that. Sorry, world is ruined. You know, the, the illusion is shattered. 
but no, they, I mean, he was, he, he worked, you know, for, you know, for us, for hood slam for a lot of different wrestling promotions in California. And I don't know if he contacted them or if they saw him somewhere. I mean, if they saw him on one of our videos, cause I mean, we had him do promos and he was really good. That's the problem. Like that's what hurts. And I'm going to go up a slight tangent. When I see a lot of guys that I know that I've interacted with and I know they can talk and they're funny and they don't get used that way. I just go, Oh, that's so sad. Like they yeah. could be, they could do so much more. Like, like examples is uh, Killer Cross. Like I saw, I saw when he was carrying Cross at FSW, and he was a monster. And then they turn him into some weird like wasteland bondage person, and it's like, come on, that's that's not no. You know, uh, but, I, yeah. that was a total waste. He, I mean, yes. he was great with everything he was doing. As soon as they they dropped the name Killer and made him carry him, I go, that's all I need to know. Yeah, that's the end I of mean, it. Yeah, I mean, we, we still make fun of every name change, everything yeah. from Gunther to whatever. Oh, oh, oh dude, like, <laughs> well, why, why would they think that was a good idea? Like, I don't even care if you're not going to name him, accidentally name him after a Nazi, just Walter. He's known yeah. as fucking Walter. Let him be well, goddamn Walter. And my argument last week was Finn Balor said, guys, when I came over as Prince Devitt and I, and I had to become Finn Balor, that's fine because they produced you on NXT the first time as Finn Balor. But we just watched him on NXT for like I don't know five years as Walter. You're, who the hell are you fooling? Yeah, but yeah. you know that's a another day, another time. Oh, I will, I, I will uh, gladly have a bitch fest with you about all of those shitty decisions. And I feel, even though I'm not like WWE level, or I mean, fuck, I'm not even, you know, ring. I mean, I'm, I guess I'm better than Ring of Honor at this point because we still exist. But, um, you know, like we're not impact level or anything. We're just like a local, you know, we're a California independent company. But I like to think that most of our shit makes sense. And we, we I apply the Paul Heyman way of thinking of accentuate the strengths, hide the weaknesses. And, and shit works out. I mean, fuck, he got 911 over and that dude couldn't wrestle for shit. You know, so a I lot mean, of people he got over that couldn't wrestle for shit. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, but the point is, though, is that, like, you know, it, it works. It works that way. Find what somebody's strength is and then let them go. If they can't talk on a microphone, give them somebody that can talk for them, prefer, uh, preferably Kyle Newport. Um, oh, Kyle Newport, he is phenomenal. I just one interaction of watching him was all I needed. He's, he's oh. great at, at announcing and just being a manager. He's Again, again, I, you guys have already heard. I've touted about about these guys a lot. Best of the West, that and or Hood Slam. Either of them, you guys, yeah. you have to check it out. Again, the guys that we're watching today are guys that came from these promotions. So don't sleep on it. I have to mention actually um, one of our one of my favorite guys, um, and I don't usually play favorites, but uh, he he uh, he went by the name Vinny Wasco. Yeah, for for us and mm-hmm. his uh, local his his independent wrestling career, but he got signed by the WWE and he is now a ref and he's known as Joey Gonzalez. So uh, he was also trained at Santino Brothers Training School in Los Angeles, but uh, who was who uh, and the Santino Brothers School is run by Joey Chaos. And if you were a big fan of XPW back in the day and you watched the Dark Side of the Ring, you know who Joey Chaos is. Yeah. So yes, with with Supreme and and all of that. So he was trained. And Vinny Wasco also yes. was a part of the 
social distancing fight that I was yes. mentioning earlier. Yes, he was. He he fought with uh, Prince Gabriel over over the weight bench set, which was, I believe, a teenager's weight bench set. It was too small for the both of them, but it made them both look jacked. So camera. But the kid making popcorn worked. the whole time. The kid yeah. do the popcorn with everything. It was just. Oh, I I'll have to post these to the shows now that I I'm gonna post this to our page. You guys gotta watch this. Both of those yeah. are are great. Please um, watch the quarantine so, show because I got rid of the copyright strikes, so now I can make money on it. So, okay, just, all right. Yeah. Well, we're gonna put that one <laughs> right after a, this one goes not live. To a, not to be a shill, but I mean, you know, just throwing <laughs> that out there. Uh, well, but, then no. before we leave you, do me a favor, yeah. and what can we expect coming up from Best of the West soon? Mm-hmm. Here, obviously, I know that you're you're still pumping out some content before your next yep. show, but what can we expect coming out soon? Uh, well, uh, let's see. Next week we have our show. Oh man, I need to talk to you about the the storyline with Johnny Butabi and Funny Bone. Man, I could keep going. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie to you, but we have uh, our home field advantage show, which is in Merced, California, which is practically Johnny Butabi's hometown. Uh, he, again, uh, there's a, a fight between him and Funny Bone. There is actually also the three stages of hell match between Levi Shapiro and Marcus Eriks it uh that is an interesting one um it's uh it's a submission match uh and then there was another one i forget what it was then if if there was a third uh fall it was a tables match which was a lot of fun uh we have sky high versus the stoner brothers versus the enterprise uh sky High is a great team out of las vegas they're definitely a team to watch we have jordan cruz which is another phenomenal talent that everybody should be aware of uh, what's what's what sucks and what's great for us at the same time is that you know you find great talent and then you nurture them and you give them a platform and and you and you get behind them and and you know give them the world they're not you know not give them the world but like you put them in front of a crowd and, and give them what they deserve because they're a phenomenal like talent and then they get signed somewhere and then you go <laughs> oh no please don't leave i love you so much and I'm so happy and proud for you, but fuck, say no and stay here, please. You know, but it's like, don't listen to me. Go, go. Don't listen to what I'm telling you. I'm just talking, please. Well, sure. And you go. you and I have talked about it. I yeah. think Funny Bone is, is a character that every wrestling fan would absolutely be in love with, no matter where he's oh, at, if yeah. he's able to be himself and do his thing. Absolutely. But, selfishly yeah you don't want to ever see him go you know no. what i mean you want him there with you but at the same time you want him on the big screen you want the, it's the 50 great 50. thing is, is is i love funny bone to death as i don't think he wants to go to the big screen i think he's quite content with just going from promotion wrestling promotion to wrestling promotion from state to state and just stomping people's skulls in i think he is perfectly content with that instead of so having a tony to, khan said i saw a video of you and i think you are absolutely intriguing you are unique and different we'd want to sign you you don't think he'd be interested in aew i just a, this is me spitballing here yeah yeah no I, I mean in the world of hypotheticals um i could say that if if that were to happen i well because i already know that that there was a thing with him in wwe and he said no uh because he wants to be him he doesn't want to be somebody right. else he wants to be funny bone because that's who he is like I said, I don't know the dude's real name, and I call him random names every time I see him, <laughs> hoping that I call him the right name, and he looks at me like, "Who the fuck told you?" You know, like, and I tried to, I tried to get it out of out of my partner, and he's like, "Oh, that's classified information, brother. I can't tell you that." 
Like, come on, bro. Like, just tell me what his name is. I can't tell you that. You know, if I tell you, if I tell you and you call him that, he's going to come back and beat my ass. And I'm like, fuck, fine. Yeah, you, last thing you need to be is stomped in the face from funny. Oh, Bone. yeah, I don't want that. I, or De- Death Valley Driver through a chair, you know, like, I don't want that. So I just call him Brad or Jake or <laughs> Jeremiah or fucking just random, you know, names, hoping, like, I, I even call him, like, like random fucking ethnic names, too, like Vladimir, Jose, <laughs> Uh, you know, just hoping that he responds to one of them and they go, ha, found it. But you know what, though, man, good for him because Kayfabe, unfortunately, is dead these days and he's the only one I actually know who's gonna hold true to it. I try, well, you know why? It's because he was trained by Nick Bockwinkle and Nick Bockwinkle believed in that, and and to a degree, I still believe in it. Like, I'm not gonna pull back the whole curtain and show you how I make my sausage or how we make our sausage, but I will tell you what ingredients go into it. You know what I mean? Like, and because I'm going to be honest, man, like once you, it's like a magic trick. Once somebody ruins it for you, you don't care anymore. You know that, you know, Oh, that, that guy didn't saw that lady in half. She's a contortionist and she's, you know what I mean? So, and I don't like the first time someone told you wrestling was fake. (laughs) That's that's really what it comes down to. The first time someone told you wrestling wasn't real. And then you started picking it apart. You're like, Oh, yeah, now I see it. Oh man. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'm with you. <laughs> you know, and but I found a way to enjoy. And the thing is, I don't enjoy modern wrestling. I don't watch the WWE and enjoy it because it's derivative and it's garbage. Like it's it's not for a wrestling fan that grew up with wrestling. It is for exactly. a casual person that's flipping through the channels and they see it and then they go, Oh, cool. That guy does some really, you know, that guy's wearing a flashy outfit. I like that guy. You know what I mean? Or, oh, I'm going to see why they're mad at each other or whatever. Like, it doesn't, it, it's not for the fan that that knows about Dusty Rhodes or or Ric Flair, the the true alleged world champion, you know, or or the African. It's only for Vince these days. Well, it, it, well it's, <laughs> it's, you know, yeah. And, I mean, again, I could talk about how out of touch he is. But, again, I'm not a giant wrestling promote uh, promoter. I don't have multi-billion dollar uh deals with other countries or streaming services i just have two camera guys and a hard cam that's posted on a wall and i sit in my office and edit video for four hours once a week and then post them on youtube and just wait for them to air you know like that's life is good yeah yeah well i mean i wouldn't say that but because there's still (laughs) definitely there still are definitely struggles with video editing um we have a lot of backlog footage from the year after I took over production and I'm going to be quite honest, I was completely overwhelmed. I didn't have the proper technology to record our shows. So I'm still sifting through a lot of those matches, trying to get the resolution and the audio and everything lined up. So eventually I can just, you know, release them as singles matches. Granted the storylines won't make sense. And there were some really good storylines and I'm sorry, but some of the cameras just weren't up to snuff. I mean, would you guys want to watch? I mean, like, would you want to watch a match that looked like it was filmed on a Nokia from 2007? Because I, mean, I still watch them. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I was gonna. Yeah, I mean, I still watch fan cams of ECW from back in the day. What are you talking about? But <laughs> no, like, it's the cameras. Just it wasn't up to my standards of what I wanted or the product that we put out to be. So That's fair. yeah, I, I actually is. So- it might not look like it, but I do have high standards for the stuff I put out, you know, because I want to be proud of something in, that, that I create. 
I actually think you guys do have some really high standards. Like I said, you know, this is not just touting from what I've watched and what I was there to see. Again, just the care that you put into quarantine shows. Most companies gave up and said, oh, we're not doing anything, so screw it. I, I yeah. mean, you guys were one of the ones that just kept going and kept people entertained one way or another, whether through YouTube or just like little teasers like you're talking about. So to me, yeah. it's it's all about keeping going. Um, yeah. Now, you did mention it, and you're right. I did skip over it. So since we were asking about the uh, the conversation of, you know, what's to come here, so let's finish off with yeah, Moneybone yeah. and Mutabi. Yeah. What's going on with this feud? That's what I need to know. We were well, talking about AGB and took a left-hand yeah. turn, and yeah, I don't again, even know where we went. Sorry, again, <laughs> it's, again my, my ADD is my superpower and my kryptonite, because while I can become laser-focused on something, it's really easy for me to trail off and talk about something else. Uh, my poor co-host. Yeah. yeah. For me. Uh, <laughs> least, he, he knows that dealing with me is enough, so the both yeah. of us today, he would have had a heart attack. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, you're good, dude. You're good. Um, but it is good. Actually, sometimes I do need somebody to, to rein me back and be like, no, we're talking about this instead. But no, uh, one of the great things is, is that like with Funny Bone and Johnny Butabi, um, AGB is, you'll see as the episodes come out that, you know, there is a final thing with, where John, where it is Funny Bone's last opportunity to try and regain his championship, uh, his best of the West championship belt from Johnny Butabi, um, and then from there, it then goes to a casket match between uh, Alexander G. Bernard, who is Johnny Butabi's uh, lifelong best friend. He is his confidant, his riding partner, uh, and they they party together. They they lift their pinkies at society and lower their noses. <laughs> so you know they um, you know as as Johnny Butabi's best friend, AGB decides that. Uh, the only way to kill a demon is to bury it. And so uh, actually shit, I can't say demon to bury a demigod of death. Uh, there was, a, <laughs> there was a check, there was a check paid to funny bone over that. So I will we, say, that yes, the, I do remember this. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no. So, so um, you know, I believe there were like three letters started with a W on that check anyway. Um, so uh, you know, in order to get to vanquish a demigod of death, you must put him in a casket. I don't know how that works. I don't, you know, I don't get paid to figure out how that works. But AGB thought it would, and so I uh, we we had a casket match. I don't want to give away the the endings because that actually just happened last month. Yes, um, I did that, see it, but I, be, I I am not spoiling yeah, it either because yeah. I'm excited about what it looked like. Yeah, the uh, the there were some definitely some some scary uh, moves in that match, but but I don't want to spoil it. I, I think I've said too much already. But that'll be airing in probably about three weeks because what we're doing now is we are airing our shows every Tuesday at six p.m. West Coast time, uh, and Thursday, six p.m. West Coast time. Only reason being is because apparently when we aired our shows on Saturday. Now WWE has decided pay-per-views happen on Saturday, not Sundays. And no matter what, there's wrestling on most days of the week, except for Tuesday, because what that used to be NXT's old day, but now I don't think there's anything on there. And Thursday, Just which is dark, I, I think, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, dark's a YouTube show, isn't it? So I mean, Exactly. You can watch it whenever. It's not live television. So, I mean, uh, you know, we I figured, well, that should be fine the you know and so far uh we've gotten a really good response 
on evening time shows because I don't want to air something at noon because then there aren't going to be that many live people because they're at work or whatever. Yep. So I figure six o'clock in the evening is a, is a fairly decent time for somebody to, pl to plop down on their couch, open YouTube and go watch a live episode of our show. Right now in the can, um, I have two shows, including um, our most recent show, New, Horiz uh, New Horizons, to edit and be done. Uh, I have our scheduled shows that are already uploaded and ready. I have about the next three weeks already uploaded and ready. And those three weeks will get us through one complete, uh, ep like one complete wrestling show, like live event. And then halfway through to the uh, end of the next event. So basically it's just um, to get through one of our wrestling events, it's going to take two weeks, but then you're all caught up. So you know, as you right. as you watch, you'll see. And the other story that everyone should pay attention to, honestly, is our uh, and a guy I also want to want to mention too, it, an up and coming stars. And I know he's he's going to be leaving us soon, as soon as the right pair of eyes sees him as Stephen Tresario. And Tresario, yep. yes, yeah. The storyline with with him and AJ uh, is tremendous, and you'll see that unfold over the the next uh, few weeks. Um, awesome. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's going to be good. And, and Biagio, uh, Biagio Crescenzo, our West Coast champion. Well, former West Coast champion, if anyone pays attention to our Facebook pages. But, uh, you know, he is another great, uh, great individual. He's been wrestling for years. And like I said, all of our guys are entertaining. And like you said, we, we find entertaining people. And if you're a good wrestler, that's great. But if you can also be entertaining and you like you are who you are, like you are who you you portray, then it's it's a knock. It's going to be an easy night, you know, for us. And some well, guys get it, some guys don't. You know, I speaking of a very funny character, I'm going to leave you with yes. something that will probably make you happy. Ready? Are yeah, you ready? What's that? Yeah, yeah. For the three years that I've known you, I'm going to get it right. Yeah. El Chupacabra. Holy shit! Have you been practicing? Boom. No, I just, I finally learned a little bit of Spanish, I think. Oh, man. You see, that's the other thing is like, you're from New York, dude. Like, you don't know how to speak Spanish. You have like, like, Puerto the first Rican. time I was like, I think it's El Chewbacca Burra. Or, yeah. man, it was horrible. The and then you, I, then you kept, you tried getting it again. You're like, try it again. And I did. And you're like, no, that ain't it either. No. no. Well, it's, you know, it's always difficult to, to teach somebody. Uh, and I'm and I'm not Hispanic in any way, shape, or form, or Latino. I guess there there isn't a country of Hispania, but um, I'm I'm not Latino in any way, shape, or form. It's just I live in California, so it's second nature for me to just know how to speak Spanish. And so to to try and instruct a New Yorker how to say El Chupacabra was really funny, especially trying to get you to roll your R's because that's not yeah. something a normal person knows how to do. You know, but but you, I'm so I'm so it, proud it like of you, Cucabarera. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Like, uh, like you're trying to. I think you actually said like uh, Cucabarera, like it was like the the Australian marsupial. And it's like, no, 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 sir. El Chupacabra, the goat sucker. He sucks the blood of goats. And and you're just like, like I know, L I know what there. that is. I can't say it. No, L L Chupa Chupa Cabra Cabra. Say it all together. El Chupacadera. Nope. <laughs> Try again. You know. I think Chewbacca happened a couple times too. Yeah, El Chewbacca. No, sir. That is trademark infringement. Disney will not appreciate that. 
L. Like the funny thing is too, is like I'm telling like it's so weird because I'm saying the word. And in my head, I'm like, why can't he just say the exact same fucking thing I just said? Yep. Just and then, then I realized, fuck, that's Vince McMahon now. Because it's like, ah, just say what I said. El Chupacabra. El yeah, Chupacabra. No, goddammit. Chupacabra. You know? <laughs> and then I go home and go, wow, I am extremely white and from the East Coast. Holy shit. Okay. Yeah. I have to, I got to expand my horizons and uh, oh, maybe man. learn how to speak a. Uh, uh, a little something else because yeah i felt like an idiot after that one that well, was fun <laughs> yeah well let me ask you do you, you live well you lived in upstate new york and like buffalo though so i mean like exactly. what were what cultural melting pot was in buffalo new york uh i don't know but the bills mafia yeah see yeah that's that's not a cultural melting pot that's just a bunch exactly. of disappointed people uh oh uh, let's not go through there i'm gonna put myself through a table see, well like, hey man <laughs> yeah, I don't watch football. I know not to like the Raiders and and the cow and the Bills are set up for disappointment every year. So that's all I know. That's all my life. Sorry, brother. I'm sorry to hear that. Well, I appreciate your time here, man. As no worries, always, dude. and we have to get you back on again because I think you're right. We're, we're going to need to have you, me, ODM. We need to sit down, and have ourselves a nice little bitch fest on all the. Uh, the name changes alone and the stupid ideas that WWE does. So we're going to have to set up another time soon. Oh, definitely, man. Just, just let me know. I'm, I'm up for whenever because I love a good bitch fest. That's all we do weekly here. Oh, thank you, my man. Oh, I listen, my man. Hey, thank you for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Good luck with everything. Hey, hey, man, you have a good one. I thought that was probably going to disappoint you that, Funny Bone really, he's happy where he's at, man. He, he doesn't need or want to be on that big screen. And that, I was like, oh, man. Because, you know, I told you, I was like, what if I just bring a giant sign? AEW needs Funny Bone. Just paint his face, everything, man. I'm like, I want him to be on the big screen. But I think that's just selfishly because I think he's just such an awesome character. Absolutely. You know, for me to show you even, you didn't even see him live. And you're like, God damn. It's just, I love watching his stuff. So, it you know, hearing where this feud is going with Butabi and everybody here and, and their new uh, storylines going forward. It, it's been fun to watch, so definitely check them out on YouTube. Uh, as he said, you know, right now it's kind of a bi-weekly thing as they're catching back up with everything. But uh, great storylines, great wrestling, great people running things there at the Best of the West Wrestling in Fresno, California. We thank you once again for listening to not just a top topic, but the Top of Wrestling podcast. Coming up in a couple of weeks, ooh, this one's going to hit home. You want to talk about something made poor Leon cry? This one's going to make me cry, man. In two weeks, we're going to be talking about the era that was NXT. RIP, man. 2013 to 2021. Some of the best stuff, and I don't think it will ever be duplicated in this way by WWE ever again. I mean, it was under their nose, under their product, their whatever you want to call it. It's the best thing they've probably produced in a consistent basis. Man, 20, 30 years easily. And it's just <laughs> gone. Just like, uh, was it Kaiser? Kaiser so, yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, but... And, and then we'll also be, as we're heading into WrestleMania season, maybe we're not going to be fans of WWE's 
product or storylines as of late, but we're still going to be chatting some top WrestleMania moments and main events. Next week, we will be back. We'll be talking good shit with Nightwing. We will be talking about whatever matches hopefully are announced with AEW tonight. If they go to two weeks before pay-per-view, I may have to sell those tickets, man. This is getting kind of weird. <laughs> As always, I am the professor. I love to bid you a farewell. And ODM knows the only one way to leave you all, and that's just with four words. Bask in his glory. The Top of Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by The Top of Wrestling Podcast. Your hosts are The Professor, Mark Fantasia, and ODM, Joe Rizzo, with special weekly segments by Nightwing the Analyst, Rashawn Hilton. Without your continued support, it would just be some guys talking wrestling. Feel free to interact with the show on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and by email at thetopofwrestling at gmail.com. Look, man, sometimes I just throw them in the air and hope that the, the pan catches it. And if it doesn't, it sticks to the wall. I don't know. They're, these are bad. These are not my best transitions ever. <laughs> you, you, you try to catch it in the pan and see if it sticks to the wall? <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> I've just been throwing the whole fucking pan at the wall. <laughs> <laughs>